Welcome back to another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast to all my blacks in particular because it is Black History Month. So I want to make sure that it may be open to all, but it is exclusive to us. All right. I am Josh Rogers. (laughs) I am Brian Hare. And this is another episode. We are your favorite friendly neighborhood Casanegros. Come back with another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. We talk about how we put this thing together, the Mm -hmm. Jigsaw of life. We talk about the powers, the praises, the productivity, and the purple circumstance of being black and lineage just trying to figure it out. Brian. Yes. How are you? It is always a great day to be black. Always. Oh, yes, it is. And Specifically can... in February. Yeah, in in uh, Negro, as we say, Negro Appreciation Month. It's we here. We here. Which started here. off as Negro Appreciation Week. Shout out Carter G. Woodson. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do you know the theme of this year? No, I don't know the theme of this. So year. I realized, I found out recently, you know, that every Black History Month has a theme every mm. year. And they've been doing it since the beginning of Negro History Week. Um, Carter G. Wilson's group, the American, African-American Council of something, something. Because mm-hmm. he was like, just like black folk, in order for us not to get distracted, we need to think. Right. <laughs> so this year, last year was Black Resistance. Okay. And this year is African-American and the arts. So okay. you know we've impacted the arts in so many different ways. And the, re- the reason why I know this so much is because I am a part of my company's Black Employee Resource Group. Mm-hmm. And we were getting some Black History Month. Mm-hmm. We were getting mm-hmm. our Black History Month stuff together. And they was like, what's the thing for this year? I was like, I don't know. We're going to think of one? It's was like, no, there's a national thing. I said, oh, there is. So uh, I, typed yeah. in, I typed <laughs> in the Googles. And yes, African Americans and the arts. So we celebrate the arts pretty often here on the GXL podcast. We do. Specifically we in music. We do love the art. music. Mm-hmm. We do. We love so, art. Oh, can I do something real quick since this is the arts? Okay. You know, so, you know, Instagram is good for the share your version of like, you know, picture you in the 80s, picture you with the fro, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I saw one recently that said, share your, I'm going to give you the option so it won't be too hard for you. Okay. okay? <laughs> uh, but it was saying, share your top four black rom-coms. Oh, okay. 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 So I'm going I'm to give you the options. Unless you got four, you just can spit off. But <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read you the options. Okay. So they are. Deliver Us from Eva, nah, Best not- Man, Love and Basketball, Love Jones, The Brothers, Strictly Business, Just Right, Brown Sugar, Love Don't Cost. If you pick Love Don't Cost a Thing, Brown, you don't have issues. Never. <laughs> Boomerang, Jason's Lyric, Last Holiday, Breaking All the Rules, Fat Girls, Poetic Justice. Poetic Justice was not comedy. Neither was Wayne to Exhale, but it's on here. The Wood, Something New. Who can play that game? How still got a groove back and a thin line between love and hate. Okay, so I think you said boomerang is definitely in there. Yes, it's boomerang. My nigga, like it's boomerang. Um, he's, I love basketball. Might be in there. I think Ooh. in my top. Brian, I like that toxic love. Go ahead. I, I used to love Snyder. <laughs> I used to love Snyder. Uh-huh. Um, brown uh-huh. sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you said something else that I think spoke to me. Best man, the wood, the brothers, Hitch. Hitch. Okay. Hitch is a good one. Even though I don't believe Hitch is a black movie. It just has a black leading actor. But and and that's it. Will Smith is the only black person in that movie. And the whole other than like other than uh the his girls even though Gorgeous Boss or whatever he is. Yeah. Yeah, like that's it. There's no other black movie in that movie. It's not a black movie to me. 
Like, no disrespect yeah. to Will Smith, but that's not a black movie yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, I would say similar. The one movie that I'm surprised is not on here is Coming to America. I feel like at its core, it's a wrong, it's a, it was a movie all about finding love. It is. It, it, it's literally the movie is him going to America <laughs> to find love. To find like, love. Yeah. And it's a love story throughout the, it's a, I don't, I don't, it, it should have been on there. It's, we that's, more it. of a, that's more of a love story than Boomerang to me. It is. Boomerang is a toxic love story, but it's a love story still too. <laughs> yeah, it is. It um, is. So I'm going I'm to throw it on there. And so which would you replace for Coming to America? Would it be Hitch? Would you take I, Hitch I off? Oh, Hitch is like one of my favorite movies, though. Like it is. Um, I so would probably take, take Love and Basketball off. <laughs> I would probably take Love and Basketball. Boomerang, Come to America, Hitch. It's either between Brown Sugar, Love and Basketball. Is it is it basketball or hip-hop? It's really two Sun Latham movies where she taking somebody's man, <laughs> taking somebody's <laughs> husband. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with love and basketball only because okay. In real life, Omar Epps has a black wife, and Tay Diggs loves the white girls. So we gonna go with the <laughs> we gonna go with the basketball, love and basketball. Okay. okay. So I would go boomerang, of course. Mm-hmm. If we throw in um, Coach America on there, I'm definitely gonna go with that. Um. The Wood. The Wood was a really I good movie. I really enjoyed that story. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the I Another Sly really, movie. Another it is. <laughs> but she just steal nobody's husband in that one. I really enjoyed that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, to me, it's the juxtaposition between, you know, all the flashbacks and the current day. And mm-hmm. they did a pretty decent job um, with the characters, except for Sonal Lathan. The character, the woman who played her as a child. Mm-hmm. Was not going to ever grow to look anything like Sonal Lathan. Never. But outside of that, and she's because that's the original bird, mm-hmm. Soul Food. Mm-hmm. So she's beautiful. I forget her real name, but like she, Michelle Williams. I think it's Michelle Williams. Is oh, I, I think it's Michelle Williams. <laughs> not Destiny Child. Not that uh, one. Not Tanitria. Um, Let me Google. Hold on. I'll, I'll Google while you talk. <laughs> but yeah, so I just love the wood. I love that story. I feel like why it was based in California for many black adolescent boys. Like we could resonate with a lot of that story. So anyway, mm-hmm. I thought, that, especially if you ended up having friends, maybe not from middle school, high school, but if you've had friends for any long amount of time, you share stories from young friendship to older friendship, and that's just a really good one. So boomerang coming to America, the wood, and the last one is hard because I like a, quite a few on this list, but I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Because the whole hip hop thing is that you know that you know that metaphor analogy thing just yeah. really it's it's cute or whatever yeah I like it um honorable mention though just right with Queen Latifah in common really it's I I <laughs> I, I, I kind of enjoy it I really enjoy it <laughs> the acting is so bad the I kind of I really I don't know. It's corny. It's, it's one of those like corny love. Like it makes me feel all lovey dovey inside. Like Queen Latifah gets her guy. <laughs> like, she, she finally wins. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I don't know. I like it. Uh, I like it. And Last Holiday. Maybe I'm a Queen Latifah stand because Last maybe. Holiday is a rom com Christmas movie that doesn't get a lot. <laughs> that doesn't get the maybe. love it deserves. Maybe. But you, you, you do it's love Kadisha. It's Kadisha. Kadisha James. <laughs> James always had a man. She was never. Harder for a man. She listen. She broke every stereotype that they said a heavier black woman could not be in Hollywood. 
she had and she had like what the what society would have considered very attractive successful men yeah she kept a man <laughs> and when she didn't and when she didn't have one it was because her she was in this thing where she couldn't get over school. Or a scooter yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was because she, <laughs> she didn't have the options so mm, she always had the um, options she always had the options shout out and, to the uh, correction it's melinda williams my, my not okay okay i didn't sorry okay. michelle Shyra said that's what I'm saying. It's not Tanitria. I know my girl. Um, all right. Well, that was fun. Maybe we'll do one of these for the rest of the month. Maybe. That'll be fun. Shell celebration to the arts. All right, Brian. Yes. Keeping in line with the arts. Yes. Song of the week. Song of the week. This is not on brand. It's not on um, Black Christian Month. <clears throat> it's because I was listening to it this week and I really want to bring back light to an album. That was really good. Um, okay. Let me go to it. Uh, it's not Black History Month, but it was a good album. I listened to it this week. It was a it was a good album. Long intro. I'm sorry. This is an extensive intro. That was Tone. You know what's up. So pick up <laughs> me up. Please, Lord, just work on me. <clears throat> yeah. Work on me. Uh, that was, those that don't know, that was Tone A, work on me. Now go by B Slade. Now go by um, B Slade. I will go on and say this Tone A was ahead of his time. He was. Um, he is an underrated singer songwriter i don't know what this foolishness is doing with uh with what i'm still here um but i do feel that he was one of the greatest singers of our time uh, as far as vocals the nigga could sing um mm -hmm. and out of the box was a really it was a strong album. strong album so you know my thoughts my secret thoughts please mm -hmm. lord just welcome since we're on that album mm -hmm. do you still have it pulled up i do have it pulled up still okay could you go to the taxi overture i can Okay, because that, when you say <laughs> ahead of his time, yeah. I can always listen to this album. Another long intro. But this music, musically sound, this is sonically, <clears throat> vocally, like it's just a great album. It's given 100,000. Now, this was the flute album. I listened to it. Because I heard that flute and I didn't want to listen to that. <laughs> Does it go into the actual taxi song? Okay. That's what I really want to get to. Can we press next? Okay. This, this is going to be long. I know how you feel so See, this is where the soldiers to testify about their struggles. <laughs> this whole album was laced with, with, with I'm sending y'all. Like, just let y'all know. Yeah, so maybe we should yield to temptation because she is a hit of me, right? 
It felt good. <laughs> Cut it off, Ryan. Okay. If we weren't so naughty, we would be happy. But now I'm waiting on my taxi at a quarter to three. <laughs> and, and let me make y'all feel old. My God, that, that came out in 2004, y'all. Mm -hmm. That is a 20 year old album and it was and that was a taxi sample from the show taxi which is even older <laughs> like, oh he samples family feud theme song on there too yeah yeah he does a, he does <laughs> he, he kills the thing like from start to finish yeah. it's a it's an album it's, it's a body an amazing of work. body of work it is bravo I to you to tone a bravo it was to a you. it was a two disc album as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to do this. I, 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 I had to do this. I had to do this. We played it. We played it in my mom's green Altima a lot. Okay. <laughs> we did. We did. We did. Okay. Yeah. That was good. That was a good going down memory lane. All right. So, with that being said, understood and accepted. Brian, yes. ready to go to the Blessed Report? Talk about some black excellence. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here at the Blessing Report. We shout out black folks doing great black things. And this week we are blessing up Raven, Gibson, and Legendary Roots. It's a brand that features apparel, accessories, and home decor to celebrate black culture, black pride, and black beauty. A little bit about Raven. Raven Gibson started designing clothing for herself in 2014 while she was in college at Arizona State University. And she started taking pictures of the clothing that she was wearing and posted it on social media. And soon after that, she started getting requests to buy the clothes that she was creating. And at this point, the rest is history. Uh, you can find her stuff in Target online. It's all kind of places at this point. Uh, Legendary Roots, as according to their, their site, uh, was created to empower, liberate, and uplift, uplift black women worldwide. They are a lifestyle brand designed to authentically Take up space through statement-driven apparel and home goods. You can check them out right now, legendaryroots.com, uh, Legendary Roots on Instagram. And right now, of course, they're doing Black Kicks and Money. You know, Target loves to put the black stuff out. Um, you can go to Target right now, and you should see some of our apparel uh, at your local Target. So shout out to her. Have you seen the Black History Collection yet? I haven't been to Target since Black History Month started. I have which is weird. Are you which a black is, millennial? It's weird. I haven't been to Target in a minute. Wait a minute. Is, what, what, you got beef with Target? I don't have beef with Target. That's the problem. I think I might go. After we finish this, I'm going to Target just okay, because I'm trying to, I feel like something is, is wrong in my life. Because black millennials, we Target. We do Target. We and Target, I, we, right? and, and, and we go to Target just because we go to Target and we see what the Lord has in store for us to get yeah. Barbara at Target. Yeah, because I, 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 the meme is so true. I go to Target with my Apple Pay, my AirPods, and Vibes. And yeah. I walk out with whatever the Lord, whatever wants the Lord me to have. That's it. That yeah. you're absolutely right. I don't know what's going on. It's intercede for me. I don't know what yeah. is going on Repeat in my life. Turn from your wicked ways. You been? At, have you have you been at that Walmart devil? <laughs> I have not been at the Walmart. Oh, okay. God, I have not been at that Walmart. Well, I do I, go to the Walmart I, still. But I want to live. I want to live to see another day. Well, Walmart. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna, let, me, let, let me let me zoom in to talk to Dove real quick. Hey, Dove. The fact that you only put certain men's fragrances and scents in certain stores mm -hmm. it's crazy target doesn't sell the one this the scent that i like mm -hmm. they only have it at the walmart gotta so i gotta life. go in there and get my body wash mm -hmm. speaking of that 
Okay. So John Legend has a skincare line or like a a. a yeah, I've seen this skincare, and it's only at Walmart. Not only at Walmart, but it's it's not a Target. It's at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting to me. I would have assumed John Legend is a Target kind of nigga. Like I don't I feel like it was. I don't want to misspeak, but I feel like when it first dropped, it may have been at the at the Target. Uh huh. At one point. Maybe Walmart said well, we need we need some of the blacks to come over because we don't have the Black History Collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I just was in, I was interested. I was looking it up. I was trying to find a, a new skincare, mm. and I'm drink I've been drinking the water as you can see. I see. You know, I've been drinking water, uh, and you know, doing the things. Uh, so my skin looks, you know, it's it's glowing. Listen, but I can use some, you know, some. So I want to be in the morning like y'all, like dabbing stuff under my eye, eyebrow. Eye, oh eye yes, cream. I do put my pomegranate eye cream under my yeah. eyes every morning. <laughs> I, I want to dab the things under my eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Put my vitamin C serum oil drops. <laughs> I rub that in. Mm-hmm. It's a four step process yeah. most mornings. I want the brush where the little the little brush where it's just. Mm-hmm. I want all the things. So I got to I got to keep taking it because somebody told me at this conference I was just it. I was like, yeah, these 30s, I did. They're like, you're not in your 30s. You could be no more than 27, 28. I said, well, God bless you. <laughs> I said, I won't tell you how old I really am, but I thank you. I said, maybe it's the brain. He's like, Mm-mm, no, I just I just think. I was like, you're too kind. You're too, too kind. kind. Black don't take- crack if you don't let it. Listen, you take it care will of your body. It will. It will crack. Shout out Boosie. Shout out my nigga Boosie. Crunchy black. Shut up, my nigga. Not crunchy, crunchy black cracked <laughs> way before cracking was even an option. That brother was rough from the beginning. From the beginning. Anyway, shout out Raven. Shout out shout Raven. Out, shout out Raven. Uh, uh, rest up. Uh, we do have a rest up, unfortunately. My God. My Which God. means that God did not what? Did not stay the hand of death. He did nah, not do uh, it. So this week on the, on the rest of the report, we have Carl Weathers, uh, mm. American actor, director, and former NFL player. Notable roles include uh, boxer Apollo Creed in mm-hmm. the first four Rocky films. Uh, he was Colonel uh, Dylan in Predator. He was Chubb Peterson in one of my favorite movies, uh, uh, Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Um, Combat Carl in the, tour st- the Toy Story franchise. Really? Yes. Uh, he had a recurring role as Grief Karga in the Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, from 2019 to 2023. I have not seen Mandalorian. Forgive me, all you Star Wars fans. Uh, he was actually nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Actor in the A-Drama series as well. So, uh, rest up to Carl Weathers. He was only 70-something, which is young. Uh, yeah, youngish. So, yeah, so, um, going uh, up rest yonder. up. Yeah, going up yonder. Uh, so, again, bless up to Raven and Legendary Roots and rest up to Carl Weathers. We're praying for you and your family uh, in this time of grief. Before we go there, do you notice my shirt? We got y'all. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. Black History Month. That Just racist like, company. <laughs> and I, I watched Insecure. I thought I watched Insecure again for like the third time, like all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like in like three or four days. I was just like, let me just, it's 30 minute episodes. Nigga, you can, you run can go through. through. Boom, 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 boom. It, it, it stands up. It stands the test of time. It is one of the top three of my favorite shows. Like in my top three, Insecure is there. Strong. It's not even a debate where it is in my in my heart. I'm gonna ask you this: Doesn't it hit different when you can watch it back to back? Like you don't have time to sit and settle, which is why I give more grace to Molly after watching it. Yes, he's um, a bad friend sometimes, and we don't we don't call it, we don't call it out. Seasons. We don't call it out enough. We always throw Molly under the bus, and Molly did some terrible things. 
But Issa was a bad friend sometimes. It, it, the thing is, Issa was the bad friend from, from season one through three. And then they kind of like switched because I feel like Molly, and we've had this conversation before, mm-hmm. Issa didn't need Molly anymore. So their yeah. relationship kind of shifted to where it was kind of like Molly was going through her her, her journey and was kind of spiraling in her life. Mm-hmm. Where then Issa was kind of on- Getting her stuff together. Getting her stuff together. So it was like they kind of just crossed- in life, and they grew apart, but they kind of end up needing each other in the end. So, great show. And while and, we're at it, did we, okay. did we discuss rap-ish being canceled? Part of my greater conversation. Okay. All right. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. You're fine. I just... Okay. Okay. Let's Soul Train line on down to the billboard and just get into it. Let's do it. All right. So, the Grammys happened, and I actually was interested, Brian, this year mm-hmm. in watching it. Okay. I was traveling. Um, mm-hmm. Delta, count your days. Uh oh. Um, what they do? I mean, my, I was supposed to get in Washington, D.C. at 8 20. I didn't arrive till like almost 11. Mm-hmm. Um, just delayed. We were waiting on flight attendants and all other kind of stuff. So, uh, anyway, I missed the Grammys and it was seeing all the okay. things. So, notable winners. I don't know if this ain't notable to me. I still listen to this Killer Mike album. At this point, I'm just not going to, probably. Killer Mike. <laughs> Best rap album, best rap song, best rap performance. So after he scooped up all those Grammys, he also got scooped up by the police right on the body there too. <laughs> it was just a double, it was a double whammy on him. Victoria Monet on her mama and her hood. She won best R&B album for Jaguar 2 and then best new artist. Really big categories. Um, Lil Dirt. Oh, and she won best contemporary something for like engineering producer too. She, Victoria oh. got three. Um, Lil oh. Dirk and J. Cole, best melodic rap performance. Uh, I'm actually glad that they put melodic as a category yes. because like Hotline Bling and some of the other songs, these aren't like traditional rap songs. I think we talk about this, we talk about mm-hmm. Drake being hip hop or whatever. Like I wouldn't take it out of rap, but it's not like rap rap. You know no, what no, I'm saying? It's, so, not, it's not. Yeah. And, and I feel sorry for Nelly because I feel like in the early 2000s, this nigga would have just just ran through and ja Rule. <laughs> that niggas would have ran nearly and ja Rule would have <laughs> would have stacked melodic you know i am number one two and not a winner and through nobody remembers oh what a time to be alive what a time oh. air force ones he had all of us stomping the air force ones mm-hmm. he had a whole like we went from my adidas to mm-hmm. air force high in here Mm. It's like it feels like a black history month moment you're giving us right now. I am. Mm-hmm. It's getting hot here. So take off all your clothes. I am getting so hot. I want to take my clothes off. Yeah, a time song. to be alive. Eighth grade. Talking about taking my clothes off. My God. Where were the parents? Robin, where were you? Coco Jones. Best RB performance. Did she get that from uh body? Was it for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mm-hmm. so. She had a deep, sultry kind of thing. She said mm-hmm. she's in the school of Anita Baker. <laughs> she is Anita Baker. You mm-hmm. know, Sade, Tony Braxton, Jackie, the world. Jackie, <laughs> there you go. There Tony Braxton. I love it, Tony Braxton. Oh, I didn't. I don't Ooh. think I included it. The the the, the, the Maddie's girls got the Grammy thing. Maddie's right? girls got their lifetime achievement award. Mm-hmm. No Denise. Mm. And she lives in California and still didn't come. No, still didn't come. So is is Jill Patterson rolling in his grave? Probably. You know he, he, you know he, he ain't like want them on that Grammys. But your current presiding bishop was right there on the red carpet with him. You know that nigga loved the world. You know that nigga loved the world. Was right there on the red carpet <laughs> with him. In the red carpet with him. And I heard Jay Drew got a, a Grammy nominated. For what? I don't know. 
Mm. But he had a nomination. Lecrae won. Okay. Two. And Kurt got best gospel performance. Kurt always um, get a Grammy. If he's in the categories, at, at some point, he's going to win a Grammy. Speaking of Grammys, did you? I didn't watch it. I've been the Grammys are doing a poor job uploading clips. I want to see Kirk's performance. I heard he did really well. I, I enjoy Kirk. And I've seen clips of Fantasia mm-hmm. and her Tina Turner tribute. And I heard people talking about it. I watched her rehearsal video somebody posted. I want to see the actual perform the full performance. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw, she murdered that thing. Mm, I'm she sure. Murdered Fantasia. that performance. Oh, Fantasia. It's her year. Um, this is a best R&B song. Now, Jay Z, Jay Z got up there and got the um, was it the Ice Cube or the <sighs> Dr. Dre? Yeah, Legendary Award. I mm-hmm. one of them dudes from the NWA. Yeah, and um, Dr. Dre. I mean, Jay Z said, "I tell the truth when I get nervous." <laughs> and that nigga, and it spiraled right <laughs> on out of there. He said, "Some of you gonna feel like you got um, snubbed, cheated." cheated. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. of you will get cheated. Some of you don't even belong in the categories. <laughs> and he was like, "How he's? I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but <laughs> how you win the most Grammys ever, ever. and ever. not get album of the year? And tell us um, we got four. And tell us we got four. He was like, he said, even to your own metrics, that don't add up. And I feel so glad for Blue Eye. Blue Eye just said, I'm just supporting her dad. And she didn't know what to do. She was like, just standing there. I didn't know what was, I know we going to do all this, dad. I didn't know we was going to do all this. <laughs> I was going to have this for the greater conversation. Do you want to talk about it now? Because this was going to be my part two. What? I'm open either way. No, the, 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 not Jay-Z particularly, because I appreciate what Jay-Z did, actually. Um, the overall conversation about, let's say for the greater conversation, we got a guest coming okay. and I don't want to get stuck, but okay. I do want to talk through the overall conversation around this Taylor Swift for Beyonce Zero and some mm-hmm. of the conversation I'm hearing about. Oh, it's because Taylor has a great pen. I don't no. believe Taylor's pin game is that great. I believe no. Taylor. I believe Taylor understands the pop music formula. That does not mean that your pin game is great. There have been songs that have made it to the top of the charts that were not great songs. They just knew how to play into. We've talked about that with Drake, and here I am getting stuck. Right, Billy <laughs> Murphy's party all the time it was yeah. a big song. It was a terrible song, right? right? But he knew how to. He, him, and his writers mm. knew what to do. To get that song where it needed to be, yeah. so I'll just—if you want to add something, for sure. But I'll save the rest of it. Yeah, we can, <laughs> it's like it's Black History Month. Let's be honest. Taylor Swift was a white woman. The, the the Academy is predominantly white folks who are voting. You know, what I'm like so let's just be honest. What it is, what it is. Like if you have a person, they gonna if you have Beyonce or in. And Adele, they're gonna choose Adele. We have Beyonce and Taylor Swift, they're gonna choose Taylor Swift. Like it's just, it's to me, I guess we can say it for a great conversation, but it to me it's 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 the math, the math isn't mathing, but the math makes sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like No, it does. Taylor's yeah. biggest talent is being a white woman. So which is, <laughs> which is why I'm only watching the Super Bowl during the halftime show. This well, I will. I ain't gonna be. I have a son who loves mm. the fried chicken man, so I'll be watching. I'll be watching. <laughs> be watching the halftime, um, the, the Super Bowl. So, okay, stay alive with me. This one actually gets me really excited. <laughs> oh lord! 
There are so many churches in Atlanta. So, so many. many. So many. But I'm not talking about how often. I don't know why I'm so excited about this. But I'm talking about how often it's hard finding a good church. Well, mm-hmm. that may become a little bit slimmer because there's a new church entering the scene by, founded by none other than mm. R&B diva Atlanta herself. Kiki Wyatt, my first love with a bunt. The RB singer has to be on social media. She intends to open up a church. Uh, the church be focused on worship, word, and acceptance of all people. It kind of sounds like the Bible. Uh, she says she's had a dream for years to open a church for folks who are done with the drama and judgment of religious people. That's where you start to lose. But regarding her musical career, she says she isn't singing gospel now and will remain an RB singer. <laughs> Say that she can still sing R&B without compromising her love for Christ. The inaugural church service will be February 18th. Ryan, the name of this church is called Sound Church. Mm. Your thoughts about going... Are you going to go listen to the sound? Just not a chance. Atlanta, <laughs> just to let y'all know, is a terrible church town. It is terrible. Like, th- there are so many options, but the options aren't really options. Like, if, we, if we're being honest. Um, mm-hmm. And here goes another one. Um, kudos to you know because she you know I'm gonna say this let me go, let me go back to not be too critical. Okay. Um, the, the options just may not be for me. Sure. Right? But they <laughs> will help someone. Yes. So and we said it about Mr. Murphy last week. Some churches are on ramps to Christianity, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's to get them to a place where at least like, get them in the door. And then, you know, some plant, some water. God gives the increase. We understand that. Your level of maturity would maybe the level of your your church you decide to go to, right? Sure, your taste. Sure. Um, so I'm not going I'm not going to talk negatively about Sound Church. Uh, Sound Church and Mother Wyatt. <laughs> um, I just, you know, don't see myself saying, hey, let me go just check out um um Mother Wyatt. The good thing is her sunshine band's gonna be amazing. It's it's going to be if it's just her children alone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause she has a football roster. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. <laughs> From her womb. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> From her womb. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be gonna... children of the kingdom. Is going to be is going to rock. Everybody, clap your hands. <laughs> All we the praise you, oh Lord. All the things. Um, speaking of, I saw a meme about like you knew you grew up in black church of your. You quite was rocking there, and that was one of the songs that ran clap your hands. But then I saw another one they had. It's not about us. Ain't he from California? Yeah, about G- yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. That's uh, he had on that Lord ascot Lord. on the outside of his shirt. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> what a song! What a song! Chris, Chris led song. that song at, at Cathedral of Faith. Remember it's that? a very Chris Moore vocal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris, Moore, Chris Moore led the vocal. Shout out to Chris Moore. Shout out to Chris Moore. Since we're giving that shout out, shout outs to. Kevin Fredericks, aka yes. Kev on stage, mm-hmm. uh, friend of the podcast, friend in real life, announced that he sold his show to uh, Spring Hill Entertainment, and they're going to be doing it on Churchy. Uh, but they're going to be doing BT Plus. The show is called Churchy. Uh, so Churchy revolves around the life of Corey Carr Jr., played by Kevin Frederick, who finds himself at the crossroads. He is overloaded for leadership at his father's mega church. Uh, you can start streaming it as soon as um, the side piece Valentine's Day date is February fifteenth. That's when you can start watching it on BET Plus. So if you don't, if you got regular BET, you can't watch it. You got to upgrade to the Plus. I think it's like seven ninety nine. You get it through Amazon Prime. Some other ways you can get it. Uh, so shout out to Kevin on stage. Really big, really big, really big. Um, oh, this transition. When it wasn't the transition. I thought about it as I saw the next door, and I was like, "This is interesting." So <clears throat> this is how I'm going to do it. 
This is how I'm going to do it. So everybody remember Hiss last week, right? We talked about Hiss being Megan's diss track. And um, I am moving right on. And she made a couple of references to Aubrey Graham, <laughs> a.k.a. Drake. And <laughs> conspiracy theories would like to believe that Drake's recent actions was his response to Meg. So mm. if you haven't noticed, um, well, let me tell you this. I wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. That Drake leaked um, indecent photos of himself <laughs> on the internet uh, on his private jets. Somebody asked me, was like, oh my God, have you seen everything that's going on with Drake? And I was like, what's going on with Drake? It was like, it's, I feel like the person who asked me got an attitude that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, it's all over social media, but okay. I'm like, nigga, you mad? I don't know. Like, right. one, I wouldn't be going looking for it. Two, I, I was in a conference. I literally was like in and out of social media and yeah. a few posts I did see was not centered around. And to this day, mm-hmm. I haven't really, I saw a few IG clips because of course the hiss algorithm, some of them talking about Drake. So of mm-hmm. course the response and I put Drake in there. But like it literally was last night I was going through TikTok and a few creators were like having their commentary around it. So I still mm-hmm. haven't like seen it, um, like all the chat or whatever. But I agree with the conspiracy theories that Drake leaked it himself because uh-huh. it seems very Drake-ish to do something like that. Corny. And then it also, like, you're <laughs> on your private jet, mm-hmm. re- from what I understand, recording into a mirror. Mm. Unless the person who you sent it to leaked it, how else is it getting out, Drake? Right. Like, right. And, 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 no, and no one is that... In a day of NDAs, Like, no one is that careless these days. No one is that careless. You recorded yourself on your private plane, Mm -hmm. and it still got leaked. That's you. Mm -hmm. That's you. Mm -hmm. So, he wanted the world to see. The world saw. (laughs) There there it is. World star. Somebody said, said, real quick commentary. Somebody was like, how corny is Drake? Or what kind of man is Drake that he... Is this big lover boy does all the things for all the red carpet, but can't keep a woman? That that I, was the. So it's, think, it's either he don't want one. Yeah, I think part of it is he really don't. I don't think Drake wants monogamy. Yeah, yeah I don't think he wants one either. Yeah, I don't think he wants one. I feel like because Drake. I mean, for all intents and then here's the side note. I only hmm. know these details from what's been explained to me and watching TikTok. I still have not seen the Drake video picture mm-hmm. situation. So yeah. let me just put that out there. I know the details because of research. A nigga researches. Um, but I still haven't seen it. I don't necessarily want to see it. I'm going to let y'all have that. I'm going to let y'all do y'all thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to Drake, I think he, one, doesn't want monogamy. Mm-hmm. For, and for all intents and purposes, me and Brian said this, I'm very secure myself. Drake is a handsome guy. Mm-hmm. He's one of the biggest superstars of all time. Yeah. I think if you pull out some of his antics, he probably is a pretty cool and chill guy. I feel like Drake would be a good time to be around. I mm-hmm. feel like you, you'll, you'll have some jokes. You yeah. can share some conversation. I feel like he'll try to be fake deep, which will be funny. Yeah. Um, so I feel like Drake would be a good time. I feel like Drake, because of all of that, he does, I think he plays into... He is exactly what the girl... What's the girl... Speaking of Insecure. What's the girl's name? That it was the rebound girl after Lawrence broke up with Issa, worked at the bank. Was it Tasha? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's Tasha. Well, whatever her name was, yeah. if we're getting it wrong, when she said, You a F nigga, she said, mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You a you a you a 
you an F nigga who think he a good dude. That's Drake. And yeah. that's why, like he said, he's in his Lawrence post Issa D era forever. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think he wants relationship. I think he probably had it at some point. I feel like some of the women, I feel like the two women who could have locked him down would have been like a Nikki or a Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And because neither one of them, because think about it. Not to say that Beyonce was out here like Drake, but Beyonce could only have married a certain caliber of dude. Yeah. If we're gonna be honest. Even Jay-Z yeah. could only be a real relationship with a certain caliber yeah. of woman. Right. And I feel like Drake is in that space, like what black woman or woman of color that he would I feel because I feel like he would land with. We ain't talking about who he had his baby with. We ain't mm-hmm. talking about who he smashed. We're talking about who he would settle in life with. And I not say settle as in settle, but like settle down with. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that would be a woman of color, a black woman. And I feel like because of his out loud crushes on a Rihanna and Nikki, and because of their star power, who they are, I feel like those are the only two who could like lock mm-hmm. in the lover boy side of Drake. Yeah. Everything else is him going to be right into his forties, mm-hmm. floating into this, you know, for the dog's life. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and if that's his choice, his choice. Like Drake has all the money a person could need mm-hmm. or ever need, right? He has access to almost anything he could ever want. He's going to be able to have access to all these different women, right? Good, bad, and different. So, yeah, I don't think Drake wants it. Mm-mm. Like that, to me, that's not a valid critique of Drake. He don't. I don't think he wants relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think why would like not? This sounds really bad. Like why would you if you if you don't have to? You know what I mean? Like if you if you're if you're comfortable in in that space of just enjoying life like you know might as well enjoy life you know yeah i mean because relationships are work and if you're at a space like drake where you don't want to put in that work and you feel like you don't have to then i respect it if you don't because now you're you're preserving hearts and Mm -hmm. respecting spaces so anyway um last but not least shannon sharp Mm -hmm. uncle big tongue he be, he be tripping over them words. He be tripping. He be tripping over them words. He be tripping over the words. I love, I love Shannon Sharp's trajectory. Mm-hmm. He's doing so many great things. I'm, I am grateful for what we've seen. It is aspirational. Um, from the thing with Skip, you know, in mm-hmm. a racism. I believe it was a racist yeah. environment. Mm-hmm. Um, to now having his own thing and just going out there and you know whatever. But Shannon be tripping over them words. We got to get him a speech coach, y'all. We got to not even change his accent, just some enunciation practice. Mm -hmm. That's that's all I ask. Um, Anyway, we thought he broke the internet with Cat Williams. But Mm -hmm. Monique came on that show and said, baby, hold my beer. And she started giving out names. Not only names, she gave out receipts. Um, She was giving out pre-audio to the Tyler Perry conversation so he could listen to it beforehand because she even told Shannon to his face. You told when Kat asked you why you let them folk lie, Shannon was like, yeah, because I'll only take you for your word. Monique said, you ain't got to take me for my word. I want you to hear their words too. <clears throat> mm. So I haven't finished the whole video yet. <laughs> I've watched about 75% of it. Um, but it was great. It was Monique. One thing I will say about Monique. Yeah. Lover or <clears throat> hater, her story has not changed. <clears throat> like, And I'm talking about down to the granular details. Yeah. Yeah. It has not she hasn't shifted away from her words concerning all the things. Now, the way she has approached some of the things we may or may not agree with, right? Uh, I think we all have different approaches to conflict resolution, and especially in the way that she may have went about it. And that's, you know, you can agree or disagree with that. But what you can't disagree with is the fact that that story has been consistent. 
And the other thing, outside of D.L. Hughley recently just saying she lied about something between them two. But for the bigger powers that be, no one has ever came out and said Monique is lying. They've always, yeah. tried, they've always just tried to hush her up and say she's yep. crazy or she's yep. hard to work with. Mm-hmm. Nobody says she was, she told right. a lie. Yep. Um, so that's one piece of credit I would give her. <clears throat> I want to finish the interview. I'm going to finish it like <clears throat> today. And um, yeah, thoughts? Have you watched it, Brian? Not yet. Not yet. Um, uh, I've kind of been just chilling on interviews. Um, but yeah, I, I I intend on watching it at some point. Cause I, I, I'm a fan of Monique. I like Monique. I like Monique too. She's funny. Uh, yeah, I do like Monique. So, yeah. All right. So that is that. That concludes our billboard. Um, this month we're talking about black. Th- we talk about black things every month. But there's a specific. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why we say we talk about black things. But we, we're going to hone in on some specific nuances. That's really, really nuanced to us in our community. So last week yeah. we talked out about black conflict resolution beef in the community. Yeah. Um, Megan has not responded. Okay, has and not. she don't have to. No need to. She don't have to. Her <clears throat> biggest response was the fact that she signed to Universal Music Group, the same <laughs> uh, the folk who all hold the rights to Nicki's music too, and Bless she you. did it as an independent artist. <clears throat> so, so I feel yeah. like that's Beyonce said the best revenge is your paper. Mm. So, got it. and she is a student of Beyonce knows Carter. So she got it. Um, so this week we we're bringing a friend of the show, friend of the show, friend in real life. Yes, to family member of Josh, that my my cousin, my cousin, <laughs> Miss Jacqueline Rogers coming yep. in to talk about not Christmas because it ain't Christmas, Mm-mm. not holiday. We talking about parenting. Yes, and you know sometimes it's like. Forget these kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to focus on today. We're yes. going to talk about black parenting and all things that come with it. So grab your drinks, grab your snacks, grab your fruit snacks, grab whatever it is you need. And let's head on down to the living room and have this good conversation. Let's do it. All right, Puzzle Pieces, we are super excited, as always, to have a friend of the podcast, friend in real yes. life. Just... Reoccurring Josh's cousin. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I think she might be the friend that's been here the other than maybe Chancey. She's been here the most. The most. Top uh, five, and she ain't number five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a friend of the podcast, friend of real life. We already told y'all who was gonna be here. Uh, but Jackie it's Black History Month. Jacqueline. <laughs> Jacqueline Rogers. <laughs> Jacqueline Rogers is here, and we are glad to have you uh, to, in the living room. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so happy to be back. I love coming to hang out with you guys. It's always fun. Glad to have you here, you know. And, appreciate you know, we, it so much. We've said it before that we don't know any white Jacquelines, and I think I, I appreciate that. Yeah, what would a white Jacqueline even look like? I don't know. I still haven't met one. Never met a white Jacqueline, so we're we're glad about that. Um, so normally, for those you've been here plenty of times, uh, and those that listen to the podcast, you know, anytime we have a guest, we usually do something called culture code. However, uh, recently we've been seeing these like black um, kind of topics. You can only choose so many uh, things showing up on social media. So we did ours earlier in the show. So Josh, give. Uh, Jacqueline, uh, her options or whatever, you lead it in. Do sure. Do. So yeah. this is rom-coms. Black rom-coms. And you can only pick four. Okay? Your options include Coming to America, 
Love and Basketball, The Best Man, Deliver Us from Eva, Brown Sugar, Love Jones, Just Right, The Brothers, Jason's Lyric, Boomerang, Woo, I forgot that one we did, right? <laughs> Hitch, <laughs> Last Holiday, Breaking All the Rules, Fat Girls, Poetic Justice, the Wood, Waited to Exhale, A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Some of these are not rom-coms. How Stella Got Her Groove Back, Two Can Play That Game, or Something New. That was a lot of options. I, I feel like I need a, a lot of options. I feel like I need a screen for those. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with what I think I can remember. Four I have to pick? Four. Okay. Waiting to Exhale, Love of Basketball, The Wood, and I need one more. Oh my goodness, there were so many. Best man. Okay. Okay. Those are mine. Solid. Solid, solid, solid option. Is waiting to exhale a rom com? In my mind, it is, but not really. It's not a romantic. <laughs> it, it had funny moments, though. It had funny moments. It had funny moments. It's, it's not. It's not a rom com. It's a good man, Savannah. He's a good man. Okay, we'll go with it. I have watched Wayne Exhale as a 30-something-year-old, mm-hmm. and it is very different. It hits different <laughs> as an adult. It hits very different as an adult. It's very like, okay, these are stories. <laughs> these are stories. Brian's favorite, just so you know, he loves Sanaa Lathan's role uh-huh. as stealing somebody's husband, because two of his were <laughs> Love and Basketball and Brown Sugar. <laughs> and I was like... It's the same role. <laughs> the same role. You're so right. She's good at that. She plays that well. She does. Yeah, she and does. it makes me wonder. Mm. A, hey, listen, the Tyler Perry movie that she was in too. A family that prays, but that was a white man. It was. It was. We're not gonna count that because it's Black History Month. It is all month long. It's not gonna be. gonna do that. My child is a car ride. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> And I don't condone no domestic violence, but he slapped a fool out of her across that. St- I was like, my God. He sure did. He sure did. He did. He did. Oh, sorry. It was so Tyler Perry, like that, the, the, the dramatics of it all, like slapped her over the counter. He sure Jesus did. The Christ. He really did. <sighs> okay. All right, Brian, you ready to get us into the show? Uh, let's get into it. Um, so this week, we are, this month, we've been talking about just we're talking about black things, which is again, we that's what we do on this show, which is but we we, we want to get blacker in Black History Month, so we kind of name things black, right? So this this uh week we are talking about black parenting. And if you follow uh Jacqueline on social media, um it kind of gears up for Christmas season, uh, later on in the season, but usually like Monday through Friday, um from like January till maybe October, it's it's about her life, right, with kids and all that kind of stuff. So we felt that it may be great for you know Miss um, F them kids herself to come on the show and and talk about black parenting. And I'm gonna start off easy with the questions before we get into the deeper stuff. First question would be, what is your greatest joy in regards to being a parent? Oh. My greatest joy in regards to being a parent is seeing my child learn something new. It 
Mm-hmm. I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. If it's riding a bike, potty training, learning to read, putting on a coat by themselves, tying their shoes, that is my greatest joy because it's seeing them learn something new. They're growing up and getting independence. And I love it. I absolutely love it. That's my greatest joy as a parent is seeing them learn things. I, I can agree with that. I, can, I agree with that. I can. Yeah, Josh, what's your greatest joy? Um, I suppose I could go with that. I think the greatest joy would be um, as they're getting older is that I think it's an extension of that. It's the independence, right? Mm-hmm. So the things that we've been teaching them in their youth that they're actually starting to apply mm-hmm. without like redirection or reminding. So when Jaden just goes and empties the trash because he sees, mm-hmm. you know, it's full. I ain't got to say Jaden go empty the trash, <laughs> right? When at the when it gets like 730, he'd be like, I'm going to go take a shower. It's like, you know it's bedtime. Like we ain't even gotta we ain't gotta do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are like it's like it's like the stuff where my parenting is not in vain. It's you not know, even though I got a little phone call this morning. We're gonna we gonna work that out. You know, that's 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 preteen stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's the you know, so anyway, that's I think that would be my greatest joy is seeing that it's working and that they're listening, even when we think they may not be listening. Oh. That oh. they're listening. <clears throat> yeah, my child listens, but she don't be listening, which is <laughs> we're gonna talk about it. That's most. Fr- Let me talk about my joy. I'm talking about frustrations. Sure. The joy, I think, is the just seeing her grow up, seeing her mature, uh, and also sometimes seeing the best parts of me in her. Mm-hmm. Right, like the like the you know kind hearted and seeing her being loving and caring and stuff like that. But then I'm talking about frustrations. Is she don't listen to nobody? She does what she want to do. But then also like the worst parts of me are in her too. So that's like a, it's like I, the joys of seeing you know all that kind of stuff. But the other side is like. I don't listen. I do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's like, girl, like you're supposed to listen to me though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's so the biggest joy is the joy, but then the, the same thing frustrates me. So what would you consider y'all biggest or most frustrating thing that y'all deal with as far as parents? I, for me, the most frustrating thing is the things we do every day that they still are like, what do we need to do? Like get up, <laughs> get dressed lunchbox, water bottle, backpack out the door. Like we do this every day. Like this is our daily routine. Why is that difficult? That and when they take something I have taught them and turn it on Mm -hmm. that. When they tell me to take a deep breath and calm down. And I have to take a deep breath and calm down. When they turn it back on you and you're like, I said that, didn't I? And you're watching mm-hmm. me now, and I have to use the tools I've given you on myself. And you're waiting for yeah. me to do it. That part I don't like. <laughs> yeah, that's Brooklyn all day. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think it was it's a combination of the two. So it is seeing the personality traits of me in them, mm-hmm. and it's like, how do I parent that? Because I'm not going to stop being that. So how do I now <laughs> parent that? And you know, especially and the, here's the combination. So to Brian, it's the it's the quote unquote. I don't want this as a negative things. It's just like you ain't grown yet. No. So, but then like to Jacqueline's point, then but you flip it on me because he'd be like, but daddy, you said such and such. I'd be like, now I did say that, but I paid the mortgage, <laughs> so I can do that. So because like it'll be something like I'll tell them, you know, if you had your own money, you could buy you some candy. We go to the store. I guess we can't be like, no, but I brought my own money. You still can have no candy. Well, you said if I had my own money, I could buy some candy. You ain't getting no candy. 
Go. You got five cavities now. That's why you don't need no guests. So now I got to turn into that parent and stop putting your business in Target streets because right. you want to call me out, right? So that's the, that's the frustrating part. It's like they, they know how to use See, my children have been through. We're, pro, mm-hmm. we're kind of progressive in the way that all of us have seen therapists at some point. Um, so they'll start using their 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 skills mm-hmm. from their qualified counselor on me. And I'd be like, Mm-mm, no, no, no. I know my coping <laughs> mechanisms. You use yours. You use yours. <laughs> Yeah, cause that, that's frustrating. Cause Brooklyn would be like, "Take a deep breath." I'm like, "Girl, you, you're the one that made me upset. <laughs> you're the one that that's, that has me. You're in making this, me like this in this situation. Don't try to tell mm-hmm. me like, mm-hmm. Daddy, it's okay. You know, we got to just calm down and we take a deep breath, count to five, mm-hmm. maybe sit down and just calm down. Like, no, you're the one who's not listening, tearing up my house, all the kind of stuff, and try to tell me what I need to what I need to do to calm down. Like, mm-hmm. don't do that, girl. Take so, a deep breath, mommy. That joins your emotions, girl. If you don't go sit down somewhere. Asking me, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you this because how, do you find yourself more frustrated sometimes with your daughter versus your son because mm. you see more of her in you? She is definitely the no limit soldier in my life. Like the second okay. kid is just <laughs> they just test you in ways that I can't even explain. So yeah, mm-hmm. she you know, has more mouth. She's the one that wants to question. Yes, it is all her. It is her. She, I don't, and I, all I keep thinking is this is five. What is 15 going to be like? Mm. Do you think it's because she is very much, because when you posted a baby picture of yourself, well, I said, Ooh, mm. that's your child. She is mm-hmm. my child. Like I, I knew that was your child, but that's your child. So do you think somebody <laughs> becomes like, that's like, she's a little Jackie. Um, my mom would say that my son is more like that than her. Okay. Um, she says that Eli is more like me. I always tell people can't be mean because she mean like my daddy was mean. Um, but probably there is some of me in there. Yeah, she definitely gets like the quick comebacks from me. Or my son is kind of like he's slow in the responses, but she'll pop back off, and I'll be like, "What?" <laughs> mm. Yeah, mm. there's something about that second child. Jade, my, both of them are no limit, so they are Silk the Shocker and Master P, <laughs> collectively. <laughs> but that second one is, yeah, yeah, that Jaden, he's ready to fight. He's ready to, you know, he tell people, not right now, I just got home. I don't feel like talking. Like, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's that kid. I just want, he'll be like, Danny, I just want some alone time. If you could, you know, I just want to sit in my room. Like, I pay for this room. Wait a long time. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Uh, my mother used to say when we were when I was younger, her golden rule was he who pays is in total charge. And until you pay, you're not in charge. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it sounds good in theory, but I feel like my child runs this house. Like I just like she and she has this thing of like she'll she has like no patience. Like so it's like she was like, "Daddy," and then like right after that, if I don't like respond immediately, it's "Daddy." Like, like, what do you like? And then I'm like, "What do you like? What do you want? Like, what are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm minding my business." Like, like come here. I'm like, like it, that's not how life works. It's really mm-hmm. like you got like it's like it's like girl, you're four. Like this is this is you know my domain. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting spot. All right. So we talked about joy. We talked about frustrations. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Thing, um, I think we get, or we kind of get lost in as far as that 
we were parents before we had kids. So I guess one of the questions I would say is like, how do you not lose you in dealing with your kids? I run away. How do you not lose? (laughs) I try to make time for myself outside of my kids. I try to do stuff that's only for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to, we do day night. I try to do girls night out. I try to like escape from my children. You cannot pour from an empty cup, right? So like for me, it is, how can I be the happiest whole me so that I can mm-hmm. parent and do it at the best possible level? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the pandemic really helped me get there because we were all in the house together and I let go mm-hmm. of my mommy guilt. And so now I'm just like, if it, I got to get out of here. I got to go do something for me. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I like, I'm going to say this. One thing I love about you, well, love a few things about you, but one thing I really do love about you is the fact that like your terminology when it comes to like motherhood, mm-hmm. um, like you use words like escape, like, like some people they'd be like, but then you know you you have to love them and, and it was like no like there are times where like we literally want to escape, like we want to run away. Like oh, there are times we're in the house and I love my and the thing is I didn't have kids doing I had a child during the pandemic, mm-hmm. but I didn't have this child during the pandemic. I had like okay. a, a, a eighteen year old, not eighteen year old, a eighteen month. Uh, I had a baby, right? Yes. So I was real judgmental, like, y'all don't like your kids, like, you don't want to be in the house with your kids, but, like, <laughs> now, I cannot imagine being with four-year-old Brooklyn during the pandemic. I would have lost my mind. And I love my child. Now, I keep her home from days from school sometimes just to spend time with her. I ain't never but, done that. But there... <laughs> Like the thing you're that awesome me, you are awesome. I said you are amazing. Kept the school that's been time. I can't imagine in during the pandemic every every day. Daddy, 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 look, 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 daddy, daddy, look, daddy, look, two. daddy, look, With two. daddy, look, and then it don't be impressive. It be whack. Like girl, like it's not even cool, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. It's like girl. It's not even. It's not even impressive. It's not. It's not. It's not. Like, I could not imagine like a whole year and a half of that. So it was wild times. We survived. That's all I can say. <laughs> we survived. We survived. We are yet holding on. Yeah. I don't know how we survived. We, we bought did. a trampoline. <laughs> we did. We did a few things to, to throw them outside, make sure their bikes, <laughs> the, the tires are never flat. Um, all the kids in the community, they end up making friends in the community because they were all outside. And the, they became outside. They became old school kids. They went outside for hours at a time. Yes, that's how we survived. Because if we was just in the house with them jokers, and they ate more food, mm. that's oh my why god, I don't like summers and winter breaks. Because it's like you don't eat like you have lunch. You got your little in between snacks. Y'all don't. Your teacher don't let you eat like this at, at school. My pantry is just in and out. And Jackie, your son is a little athlete. I got two of them. They always hungry. They just be eating and eating and eating. I got two boys eating and eating and eating and eating. <laughs> I don't know how the fact that you said you keep your daughter home sometimes intentionally mm-hmm. is a level of parenthood. People say they would aspire to. I never want to get to. Um, I don't. Actually. I don't want to do that either. Yeah, I don't think I want to get. To. I'm gonna let you have. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you live in that academy by yourself because <laughs> they got a winter break coming up. Mm-hmm. A whole week. Just off for a whole week, and then Asha. God bless her little soul. Then booked us to go to Great Wolf Lodge. And I got to go out of town with you and sit <laughs> in a resort with you. Yeah, my money on you. And we're and we taking them out the country for spring break. They already bougie. Wow. They're good parents. Passport. 
You're, you're a wonderful parent. I like to leave my kids at home early and often. <laughs> um, they have been out of the country once this past August. And the whole time I was like, I could have so much more fun and have spent a lot more money on myself. But I had to buy y'all flights too. And you're here. And I hope you enjoy it because right. this is yeah. a lot. These kids, are they're, they, they live a life. They live a different life. They really live a different life. So spring break for me as a child, my mama would drop me off at my grandma's house Sunday night. <laughs> and I would be there until Friday evening when she got off work and picked me up. <laughs> to restart our regular life. Grocery store, the Dollar Tree, and church. Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember spring break. We didn't go nowhere. I think we had my grandma. Like we we just stayed in like in the, yeah. we, we played and, in the neighborhood, but like yeah. and it wasn't no drop off. My mama dropped us off for the week. Like we stayed there. <laughs> mama was like, yeah. I'm not taking off work. You're not you're not old enough to stay at home yet. So grandma's house, you go. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in my grandma's house. My parents were like, peace out, we going out of town. You want to go my house. Like and but but the kids going out, out of the country. I ain't been on I wasn't even on a plane when I was like a, a kid. Like I hadn't I ain't had no passport. Like Brooklyn has a passport. Be on planes all the time. Like I don't even know that life as a as a kid. I don't I don't understand. They that. are so spoiled. My son told my mother in law, "Gigi, you didn't get an upgrade. You you got to sit in the back. There are no gummy bears and sprite in the back." <laughs> oh my god! Like, like, no. like <laughs> we're, we're boarding. He's like, "Are we in first class? What seat are we in, sir? You are in." <laughs> then he's like, uh. "We're in row two. B, oh, we're in second class. You don't, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that makes me proud. I, I love, love that. Good, I kind of love, love the that. black bougie kids. I, I love, love that. that. They're I very love Jack bougie. and Jill kids without the Jack and Jill. Hello. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That makes me proud. Like, cause I, I aspire to have my my child is bougie. I don't care, and it does not make me. I don't feel any negative feelings about that. Um, all the things I want. We're breaking generational curses. We are raising mm-hmm. them. You know, we're doing things our parents either didn't do, couldn't do, didn't choose to do. Yeah. And um, I love it. I love that they they're used to that. That is, they're normal. They're like, can yeah. we go to the lounge? I'd like to go to the Amex lounge. I'd like to go get some snacks before the flight. I didn't know nothing about that. I got left at my grandma's. I was in Apex on Evans Road while my daddy and mama were on the plane. Okay. Listen, I was eighteen. I wanted to fly. And I want my daughter to be able to clutch her pearls and be like, ooh, the ghetto. I want her to have that that feeling walking in places and be like, ooh, what is, where, where are we? That Like, I want that for her. I want her to go into Walmart and be like, what in the... Now, Brian, if you talk about Walmart, because you just <laughs> talked about how you haven't been in Target all of 2024. I haven't. Wow. No, I've been, no it's... It's been when I say it's been a while, it's probably been like a week or two. No, this, this, you're a black millennial. We go to Target <laughs> often. I don't even want to say how much I go. But you have a you have a business relationship with Target though, too. I don't even I just it's not not even healthy how much we I now I try to just do pickups so I don't have to go in the store. I, that does save me a little bit of money because I just because the, the ancestors talk to you in Target. Like, get, they get tell that. you what they use. Go look at that. Put it in your <laughs> heart. Ooh, oh, you need that. Don't need it, but ooh, you need that. Because the Houston White Collection, that black designer, he been getting better with his men's clothing. And I just slide on past every time and be like, oh, it didn't look like that three seasons ago. Let me <laughs> let me get that. And don't be need none of that stuff. So. None of it. None of it. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. So 
a, one question I kind of wanted to, uh, and speaking about breaking generational curses and things of that nature, I grew up in a single parent home. Uh, so we all here have two parent homes, right? Which is a blessing, right? Mm-hmm. However, within that, like Lauren, she grew up in a different household than I grew up in, had different parenting that I had. Um, y'all can say the same. So now you're kind of, you, you procreated, now you have a family and y'all have two different parenting styles, I guess. So how do you and your husband or, you know, how did y'all handle, you know, parenting is something y'all that frustrates you something that y'all don't agree with how does y'all handle mm. two different ideologies on maybe you know parenting in your house that's a great question i have to say before i answer the question i didn't realize people didn't grow up in two parent households until i got to college i got mm. to college and i remember calling my mom and i was like nobody on my hall is a two-parent household but me like i was baffled like wow. I couldn't believe it. Like I just thought that was the normal. So, and it took college for me to figure that out. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, "Oh, this is different. This is unique. This is this is not my normal. This is other people's normal." But I just mm-hmm. was not aware, like oblivious. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean and I both grew up two parent household. My parents are much older than his parents are, but his mm-hmm. parents have been married a very long time. Um, I think it attributes to our parenting style of both. Um, I would say social norms of what a husband and a wife do uh, mm-hmm. in both households were different mm-hmm. um, where I would say Sean's mom was, you know, she worked, she had a full-time job and still does and was a doctor, yeah. is a doctor of medicine, well, no, excuse me, nursing. And so those things I think shape what you think is acceptable and you bring your own ideas from what you've seen and what you viewed into your household. Mm-hmm. So for us, I think we... <clears throat> been together for almost 21 years so that's not normal for a lot of people so I think we grew up together and then we have kids seven years after we have been together so for that those things I think definitely impact and shape how we parent I give all that long story to say I think that has a big part in how we parent because we knew each other and grew up together before we had kids that's not everybody's norm Mm -hmm. because of that I think we have a united front and for the most part we are on the same page I am definitely a more gentle parent. He is a more ask questions later. I'm going to, um, I call it motivation. He's a motivation (laughs) or he is going to uh, parent and discipline more stern than me. They're Mm -hmm. never going to ask him for anything. They're always going to come to me because they know daddy's going to say no. And I'm going to say yes. Um, (laughs) So that I think shapes how we are. I think I've gotten more stern now. They've gotten a little bit older because I'm seeing if I don't, get stern now they're gonna punk me and i'm tired of being punked. <laughs> so i think a lot of times we're on the same page there are some moments where i'm like can we pause this and you and i go powwow around the corner and we might talk about okay i don't like the way you're doing this i think it should be this well i don't like that and then we'll go back so it's not a discussion in front of them so they always think we're on the same page okay. um but that's kind of i think how our house house household works I would agree because there have been times in the middle I just I'll dish out that uh, that punishment right then. And we ain't <laughs> talked about nothing. And then me ask you guys to go talk about it on the back end. Like, well, we ain't changed because if we go back and change it, because <laughs> I because I'll be like, you're punishment for a month. And I should be like yeah. a month back. I'd be like a month, thirty days. <laughs> they don't need anything, man. You better be glad I ain't push you down the steps. A month. <laughs> yeah. Because I used to th- I used to threaten them very. You ever watch Everybody Hates Chris? 
Mm-hmm. And his mom, how she'd be like, you know, I'll, you know, that was me. Very idle threats. Never did anything. But, you yeah. know, they, plenty of times they got threatened to get kicked off the balcony or I'll take you to the roof and sling you down the shingles. <laughs> little stuff like that. I, I stuff heard like, that. That's, that's true. That is true. Little, little stuff like that. Never got, never got any of that. Um, but I, I would say the same thing. It would, um, so Asha grew up a lot more privileged than I. Both had two parent households. Um, but she grew up also in a space where I think her mom was more of the disciplinarian and her dad was kind of more of the, he was reactionary. He got pulled in when he needed to versus my mom was more of a disciplinarian, but my dad was very much so like present. Like he was the one in the background. Like, I I, I wish you would, you know, <laughs> buck up though. Right. So it was, and they were always together. It was a lot of whoopings and I didn't like, it wasn't a lot of punishments didn't get like to like teen teens. But the whoopings hurt. My parents were masters of that craft. I mean, masters of that craft. <laughs> so, when, so when they'd be like, whooping stop hurt, they never stopped hurting me. <laughs> they were always, they were always very, my mama had a belt, a thick blue leather belt. It was the one she pulled out for every whooping. I knew when that one came. Core memory. What was happening. Yeah, it was horrible. Like, I'll never forget this, and this may be traumatic, but it happened. My oldest sister had just gotten fresh micros. <laughs> happened to get smart with my mama and walked away almost you know them braids be tight she got her by that ponytail and pulled her nearer and said who you talking to and she was like and then snatched her right back up i was like you didn't even need a whooping you didn't even need a whooping because i know your brain is on fire right so we don't so we don't do we didn't translate that <laughs> to, and my mama's so gentle with these grandkids grandparents they're different. They're different. Grandparents are different. Now she will. Now they get on her nerve too bad because she got like eight of them now. They all when we come home for holiday, they all in the same house. You know, she'd be like, "Wait a minute," but she's there's they're so much more gentle with them. But no, like I think so. We've had to have those powwows sometimes. Like for example, I just said Josh got a phone call. Ash and I have been texting right now, trying to figure out our plan because mm-hmm. if, if if me because I'm gonna pick them up. I'm gonna go off in the car on the whole ride home, <laughs> so that's gonna be me. And she'd be like, "We talk, be like, I already talked to Josh. He good." And so then she'd be like, "Why do you talk to him in front of me?" And now we got to go through that. So we're, we're communicating now. I'm probably going, you know, let a podcast play on the way home because he don't like podcasts as part of his punishment. So torture him with that. And um, <laughs> <laughs> then we get home. He got to be. And Ash is a visual. You know, she's in education. She okay. she gonna put it on the TV. She's gonna screen share the stuff. <laughs> she gonna show you. So tell me why. The teacher made this comment on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have to sit down and watch the presentation. You know, so I have to be prepared. Like this stuff that we've we've communicated. Um, mm-hmm. But how has that shifted for you, Brian? Specifically, I know you talk about growing up in a single parent home and Lauren yeah. hidden. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Um, because I am I'm the stern one, but I'm also like the Brooklyn does whatever she wants with you, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I get I get frustrated and be like, like stop it, like I'm 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 loud, and more vocal. Lauren is like the I want to be a gentle parent, and you know whatever, and I'll be like, like no, like I my mom was tough on me, my mom yeah. was tough on me, mm-hmm. so I'm mm-hmm. tough on Brooklyn, um, and Lauren's real soft on Brooklyn, but I'm also like Brooklyn is be like, hey, daddy, can I have some cotton candy for breakfast? Sure, I don't care. Like I'm that, yeah. I'm that I'm that bad. Like long as you know, go for breakfast. Long as you yeah, know, I'd be like sure, girl. Like whatever. Um, but I'm also like stern in like if she makes mistakes and stuff like that. I'd be like, like you know better. Like we've had these conversations over and over. You know better. So, 
I'm really trying to balance my because yeah. um, my thing what I don't want is her to feel like she has to be like perfect. Yeah. Right. Cause I grew up feeling like I had to be perfect. Um, so I try to like not be so um I try to be more understanding. Um, but Lauren be like, oh, she's only four, but I'd be like, but like she's intelligent. Like she she knows what she'd be doing. Like yeah, you I can work an iPad. You, listen, there are many Do you think you are a more gentle parent because of your upbringing in a single family household? Do you think that that plays into like your relationship with your daughter? Uh, Probably, but I feel like I'm I'm not as gentle as Lauren. Lauren is way more gentle than me. Really? Because you sound like you're super gentle. You said cotton candy for breakfast. But that's just gentle. That's that's more of the thing. Is like to me, I, I'd be like, it's food. I don't care. Like you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. But when it comes to like like her doing stuff, like jumping that's off right. the couch and stuff, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like I'm real, real like I like I'm like sit down. Like you know what I'm saying. Like the other day, she was yeah. in my office touching stuff. I said I, I I said like, hey Brooklyn, let's not touch that. And then she kept on touching fiddling things like Brooklyn. Let's not touch that. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, get out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she like, yeah. she runs crying to Lauren. And I'm like, I gave you the option. I, you know, so I'm yeah. starting in that regard. I'm like the sit down, be quiet. Like, you know, and Lauren's like, she's looking at me like, like, cause Lauren's dad is real, like mellow. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mellow for the most part. But then when it gets to a point, like I'm like, the Hulk, like, yeah, Brooklyn, chill. But like, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm not, I'm too extreme, which is I think is my problem. I'm like really stern, or like you said, I'm the cotton candy. You can I'm have whatever you like, Daddy. I pick up, pick up from school, Daddy. I want ice cream cone. All right, let's go to Dairy Queen. Mm. That's it. You know You're saying? the like, fun you parent. McDonald's money. You're the fun yeah. parent. <clears throat> Daddy. I want a happy meal. Okay, bet. Like. Sean's different with both kids. With my son, he's way more stern and disciplined. With my daughter, she gets like she gets away with anything. You think that's a you think that's just a son daughter thing? Yeah, I do. I think it. He's more. I think he thinks about like this is a boy, a man. I need to raise him. I need to set these. I need to instill this. This is Mm -hmm. what I need to do. And for her, it's like, oh no. He, I mean, he punishes her and does stuff like that, but I think he definitely lets her slide a lot more than he does my son. Mm-hmm. So, I want to have a follow up to that. So, you know, so I did not want a son because I didn't want the responsibility of like having to be intentional mm-hmm. with like manhood, like you know what I'm saying. Like as far as every day is like a life lesson. Like, hey, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like, this is what. As a man, you need to be right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know the 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 girls like see like what a man is supposed to be. I don't feel like the pressure of like you know this is how a man is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm probably off, but with y'all, do y'all have like certain intentionalities? Josh, you have two boys. There's certain intentionality there, and also uh, Jack, Jacqueline, you have a boy and a girl. Like, is there intentionality with both children to kind of provide a certain Im- you know, image of what a woman should. You know, what I'm saying, like, what is the intentionality there uh, with your with your kids? I think I'm very intentional about that, especially with my son about communicating his emotions, talking through what he's feeling and how he's feeling. Because I'm like, we we're not going to raise you to be like just shut down. Yeah. Um, we do talk about feelings a lot, 
and how we handle and, and talk through them. Um, I do that a lot because I feel like I'm raising a young a young black boy and I am always mm-hmm. advocating for him in school settings and more involved there because of just the challenges for black boys in education, um, more so than girls. So I do feel like I do that with him. I also try to talk to him and explain about gender roles and making sure he knows how to do laundry and sweep and dishes and all of those things and cook because I don't, you know, he's going to be a partner to somebody at some point. I don't want to be a good partner um, and a present partner Uh, for Cammy. I think it's the same thing. I talked to her about, you know, we, we play with Legos. We we talk about things that are not traditional norms for girls because I don't want her to feel like everything has to be pink and glittery. It doesn't. Um, and I talk to her about, you know, women in sports and women that are own businesses and companies. I'm always trying to show examples of real life people when I'm around them. Like, this is Miss Kaila. She owns this business. This is what she does. So I do feel like I'm constantly trying to pour into them. I guess I would say not like old school, traditional gender biases or relationships to make sure that they are aware as they grow up. I think I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Josh, you want to ask something Mm -hmm. to that? No, similar. I think both of my boys are very different. Um, So Josh is more of my artsy, real gen alpha kid. Um, Like I think I was on the phone with a friend. I was like, ooh, they gained some weight. And on the phone, Josh was like, daddy, it's not okay to body shame people. And I was like, (laughs) I said, I didn't body shame them. I said, but they they are bigger. I said, so I, I said, but they, I said, I'm not mad at them for being bigger. It's just acknowledgement of their bigness. Yeah. It's like it's body shaming, daddy. I was like, okay, um, you know, I ain't, I ain't gonna argue with you. Uh, but Jaden, <laughs> Jaden is the kid who lean over, be like, she didn't get big last time we seen. Like he's that. He's like, you know, he leans into Jaden's old. Jayden's he leans old into man. the southern traditions, and the, but Jaden is also why Josh is very super empathetic, sympathetic arts um like student government Jaden is sports hip-hop you know music you know that that side of the thing so they're very so i have to parent them very differently but like those core lessons of um i like to say humanhood because mm-hmm. i'm because maybe it's the dei in me so yeah. to, to jacqueline's point so i do 99 percent of the cooking in my home so that's what mm-hmm. they see so they'll Ooh, jump in Jaden. Highly favorite. Hallelujah. So, so Jaden comes in and be like, Dad, I want to be your sous chef. Right. So it's mm-hmm. language that he already has and knows. And Josh has said, I think I want to, like, he's exploring the idea what it means to own a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, because just from seeing me cook, like, I don't, you know, I just, this is just what I, we got to eat. But like, this, it is sparking these ideas in him about, you know, just entrepreneurship and not just entrepreneurship, but breaking right gender roles. And um, we tell like they watch their own, like going back to the iPad piece, iPad piece. If you can control the iPad, you know how to push the buttons on their wash and dryer, right? Mm-hmm. So me and mommy will fill up the laundries, like the soap, so you won't go crazy. Um, but you can press them buttons and you know how to take it out and start the dryer mm-hmm. and put two sheets in there. Well, black folk, we put dry sheets in there to the ancestors say stop because, wow. you know, because two of them just don't feel like enough. <laughs> but but yeah, so like I think it's different. And so and then when big things happen, like um, when George Floyd died, like they were young, were murdered when they were young. But we sat down and talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, Jaden mentioned was mentioned about Emmett Till in class yesterday. That little boy, I was coming from coming home from out of town. That boy sat and watched the four parts of the Emmett Till Hulu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he, he he wanted to he wanted to dive into it. Um, mm-hmm. he wanted to have and wanted to have conversations around it. Um, and Josh will do the same thing. He'll start asking questions about it. Going, well, like I know, the, like why did, if we like he asked the questions that we we ponder today, 
if everybody loved Dr. King, why did they murder him? Mm-hmm. So I have to sit, right? And like, so um, it's in a space of almost, so I use those as bigger life lessons. Um, Josh and Jaden both go to very um, diverse schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they've experienced two mommies, two daddies, two, and stuff that me and Ashley thought we had big conversations about. Yes. They'd be like, oh yeah, they got two mommies. And it's so matter of fact. We went to and it's just so like, they don't, yeah. they don't, it, it's not a thought in their mind. And, you know, and there's, and Jaden still has a crush on this little girl over there, right? So it's never been like a, I had to break, like, I just, I want them to treat, like, we, 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 I even had a conversation about treating everybody yeah, the same, right? Mm-hmm. We gonna show love, we gonna be cool, we gonna be kind. But for them, it's, it is their normal. So I think sometimes they're teaching me. Mm-hmm. Yes. In yeah, terms yeah. of like how to navigate with them, think I stuff I think I need to prepare them for. Their lived experience is giving it to them already, but mm-hmm. also making sure that our values as being good human beings, and then mm-hmm. adding the fact of being a man, and then adding the fact of being a black man, those nuances mm-hmm. to that, um, what that mean and what that could express. Um, so I don't know. It's a sensitive line sometimes, um, but I mean, we we doing. I don't know what I'm doing. We figuring it yeah. out every day. That's what this podcast is about. We're figuring it out. Figuring it out every, every day. Last week, every I had no idea I can. what I was doing. I, last yeah. week, I was just like, "F them kids." I have no idea what I'm doing. And tomorrow's <laughs> another day to try it again. I mm-hmm. we had one being bullied and one fighting. It was like, can y'all just quit roll? Can the bully the bully kid learn to fight? And the kid that's fighting, can you stop being a bully? <laughs> I've been in that exact scenario before too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that exact one thing that helps though, Brian and um, Jacqueline Brian, but y'all both can probably resonate with this is grand. So while my parents parent grandparent them different than they parented us, my sons have a very tight relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 call my dad the second dad. That's like yeah. with their little nickname. That's, that's cool. Um, so even when J- like Jaden, because I you know I'm a fake sports fan. I've gotten into it more because of my my kids, but my dad is a sports fanatic. So mm-hmm. like Jay didn't have a bad day on the field, I FaceTime my dad. He gets mm-hmm. them together real quick because he know he knows right. It comes his different from granddaddy. Um, so how has that village helped you in those moments, Jackie? When you was like, I don't know what to do with these kids. Do they step up in the right ways? Are they like giving you the I'm gonna do what I did to 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 your kid, your daughter, like I did, Jackie? Like how does <laughs> how does how does that work? The village is so, I love that you said that because the village is really strong. And I think you, there are different people in my village that are in different stage of parenthood that I call on. I have some that have teenagers, some that are in college, some that are just in like middle school, fifth grade that are older and some that are right in the same season that I'm in with the kids the same age. And so I feel like I have my, my parenting board of directors, right? It's like, I can call on my parents. I can call on my in-laws. I can talk to my sister-in-law who doesn't have kids, but has so much compassion and patience that I do not have. And she makes mm-hmm. me a better parent. Um, I also call them, you know, friends. And I'm like, listen, this is what happened today. How did y'all, how do y'all like, what? I'm struggling. This is horrible. I can't believe she acted like this today. I don't know what I'm doing. I reprimanded her this way. We talked about it this way. Gentle parents are gentle kids and my kid ain't gentle. So hello. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you can't gentle parent ungentle children. <laughs> Um, because they'll punk you. So I definitely lean into my village and ask questions and text and, and bounce things off of them for confirmation that, okay, this is normal. I'm not an alumnus alone. How much therapy is she going to need later in life from this trauma that we are causing today? Or how much therapy am I going to need? Um, 
because you have to you have to lean on your village to kind of get through it because parenting is hard like some days it's easy ain't no hood like parenthood so you have to really lean on your your people that are in the same spaces with you but i also think the best thing i heard a parent say she has two high school kids and she said to me i was complaining about something we were dealing with with the toddler you know and she said every age i said this is going to get easier she goes no she goes the challenges are going to get different at every age but they're going to be challenges. She's like, so what you're dealing with at two, you won't deal with a 16, but there'll be another challenge, but it's going to be totally different than the challenge you're dealing with now. So you just have to continue up down this road and new ages, new challenges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good because I, it's, it's right because this preteen situation is so different than anything else we've ever experienced. And I don't know that it's worse. It's just different yeah, it's different and i'm trying to navigate preteen better than not that my parents did a bad job but my dad taught he was a he was an it guy so mm-hmm. he taught me about sex with putting the cores in the computer yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was a real you know it was an interesting way to do it whereas we've never used like flowery languages around body but it's always been penis very mm-hmm. so yeah. when he came so when he came home after one break and told me in the car yeah, my friends told me that they invited some friends over for fall break and that these people um, told me I should have came back because they ran a train on this girl. What's a train, daddy? I said, I said well, <laughs> well, <laughs> so, it is, so the challenge is navigating that conversation without, you know, sharing stories and being on a friend level, but also wanting to be honest and transparent about what it is because mm-hmm. they telling him what happened. And I'm just like, I said, well, first of all, let's applaud you for not being there. I said, let's Amen. do that. Um, I said, yeah, <laughs> that's why me and your mama don't be letting y'all go to these folk houses, especially when ain't no parents around. I said, you know, I said, a train you know, is a situation where there are multiple people in a, 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 a sexual circumstance that is likely only favorable to the majority and not the minority in some cases. And um, yeah, it's nothing you need to be exploring at 12. Let's just say that it's really inappropriate. Uh, so I had, to, I had to keep it like that and he was like I think I get it I said you think you get it because I want you to get it without getting it um, so we, we went you know so we, we had to go a little bit deeper um, but yeah yeah it was just like this is a lot and the, I think their level of exposure because the access to cell phones and internet and while we yeah. we have all the Apple things set right I can't control them conversations they having at the lunch table walking through the hallway or the phone that's not the monitored at the lunch table yeah, right. The other phone that's not much. It's stuff that he's getting screenshotted and sent to his texts, and because Asha is Asha is a text goer through her, and I'm not. Okay. But she throws it on me. Talk to your son about texts. I saw this in his phone. I'm like <laughs> I didn't even see it. And now I gotta. Now I gotta. So this is one thing, I, and I don't throw Asha under the bus. And maybe this is a question for y'all, but I do have to. One time I had to tell him. I said, Josh, let me just put you on game. Your mama goes through your phone. I'm not telling you to be secretive, but you are stupid. (laughs) I said, you you do stupid stuff. I'm like, if you know this about her, right? Your mama go online and check your grades. My mama didn't have the technology. She checking every, so you miss one assignment. And it like, I don't know why you're not on it. You have this kind of, your mother's a school social worker. She very much social works you too, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You, like, so I have to, I had to put him on game and he still don't listen. He's still a, Dumb 12-year-old still does stupid stuff. But like I think those are the new challenges of just navigating 
and they think they know because Gen Alpha is so yes, you know, they think they know, and they think that we're so out of date and out of touch, and they think that's the Brian. It's coming, and it's coming even more, Jackie, if it hasn't come. Oh, it's here. We're there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Brian is coming, especially oh, in that Gwinnett County. In that picture, calling you at? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now all that black stuff you doing, or Brooklyn gonna call you racist? <laughs> it's hard. I have a friend that's in my village as a social worker, and I lean on her a lot. And she's like always giving me like down the road what's coming. Okay, this is what mm. the third graders are doing in New York. So you need to prepare your house and discuss how you're going to talk about this when this comes up because it's coming and it's coming at third grade. Um, if it's, you know, kids that have access to porn or, you know, YouTube is wild now, like the access they have. And so she's like, how are you going to talk about it when it's brought to your kitchen table? And it may not be your job, but they're exposed to it. And it's like, oh man, these conversations we have to have are hard. And each kid is different, right? So some kids bring it and present it. Other kids are like oblivious to it. Um, but just talking about, you know, personal space and boundaries and all kinds of stuff at third grade is insane. But it's, it's where we are because they have so much access to so many things um, so early and they have or they have older siblings that have access to it. And and you have to talk about it. Oh, now I'm, I'm scared now. <laughs> um, so I think you kind of alluded to it earlier. Um <clears throat> And we're almost gonna wrap in a second, but um, so I, oh, actually on social media, you said like yesterday is a hard day. You were like yesterday was brutal, and you were talking about your kids. You weren't talking about just life. You were talking about your, specifically. You were talking about the kids. Yes. Uh, and then you were like, you were like today I'm just going. It's gonna be better. But yesterday I'm coming on here to let y'all know today was hard, right? Hard. So I'm gonna ask two questions. But first question is, how do you handle the hard days? And two, I guess the follow will be like, are there times where you feel like you're failing as a parent? How do I handle the hard days? It's like, all right, we're alive. Nobody's bleeding or dead. And everybody's been fed and went to bed. And it was hard. And I may have not done this well. And mm-hmm. I may have latched out. And I may owe a child an apology or a discussion needs mm-hmm. to be had. And I'm okay with doing that. That's taking some growth. Um, and then I might be like, F these kids. Because my husband always tells me, <laughs> to be mindful how you say that right he's like everybody you know some people are like yeah and other people kind of clutch their purse and think you're a bad mom when you say it but i'm a good mom i'm a great mom and i know that mm-hmm. and i have permission to say that because i am such a good mother and i am so good yes. like i can say f them kids because mm-hmm. i know i need a break from them and i know mm-hmm. i give and pour so much into mm-hmm. them and so I know when I have crappy days and then it's like, okay, I can't beat myself up about it. I got to move on and we're going to have a better day tomorrow. And we're going to talk about why today sucked. And we're going to talk about what we're going to do different because we're not going to have this happen again. So I feel like it's constantly like reminding them and coming back to the bad thing that happened as a, like a lesson and a learning point. And I feel like I try to do that a lot, a lot. Can you repeat your second question? Cause I kind of forgot it. Yeah, the second part of it was really was, are there ever times where you feel like you're failing? As a yes, last week. My son was getting bullied at school because he got some new dunks and he normally wears rat room shoes. And so he went to school with some dunks and the kids were picking on him. I'm like, you, you're fresh to death. Like, you got to learn how to clap back, kid. Like, they they jonesing you because you look good. Um, And he was 
he was heartbroken. He's my, my, my emotional kid. He came home like, I was bullied today. We were like, man, you got, you got to work through that. Um, and then my daughter showed me <laughs> the hair salon. We left the hair salon with wet hair and she showed her tail. I'm sure we will never be invited back there. I'm sure the lady blocked me. So that kind of like ruined my day. And I was like mm. completely pissed about it. So those are days where I was just like, you know what? We have felt all around. One of you being bullied. The other one is bullying the hair salon lady. Today was a hard <laughs> day. But tomorrow, in the words of Quincy and Tevin, is it's a new day, a better you, a better me. And we're going to figure this thing out. But there are days where... Parenting is hard and I try to be, you talking about Instagram, is authentic and in keeping it real about how hard parenting is. I don't try to glorify parenting as I'm this picture perfect mom that does everything right. Some days I feel like I'm winning. Other days I'm like, what the F is happening? Yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. You touched on a few things. I think one thing you said as far as like the days you have to apologize, I be having those days where I'm like, I'll pop off and be like, oh. That wasn't right. Mm -hmm. I come back to my book and I'm so sorry. Like, I love you, but that wasn't a reflection of how I should talk to you, act, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and which is a great thing because, like, I never got apologies. Right. It was, I never got apologies. So, you want something to I'm making a mention of, like, hey, <laughs> daddy was wrong. You hungry. Yeah, you hungry. Come, come in and get this food. Um, I think I still don't get apologies, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but um, like I'm, I'm like intentional with apologizing and saying like, "Hey, that wasn't wrong." And you know, even though I might have been upset or frustrated, like still that was not. You know, there's no excuse for all that kind of stuff. Um, I think one of the things as far as like you know having hard days, um, like to your point, like it, it, it the days be hard. Like it don't even be. Um, because I think all the times like we already may have hard days before they even get home. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you know, and I have an only child, so it's just she wants undivided attention. Like undivided. And then some days it's like, girl, let me put this on something on the TV because I can't I, I don't have capacity. I don't have I'm capacity. not able. I'm not able. I don't I don't have it, right? Um uh and then there are like I was telling I texted Lauren the other day, I was like there are days where you feel like you're failing. Like, am I like doing a, you know, and I think I didn't, I didn't have my dad. So I don't know what, you know, I can't be like, oh, what a great dad is. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I know that I'm a good dad. I know that I am, but still there's some level of, of insecurity inside of me to make sure that, you know, that I am, you know, uh, present, not just as far as physically, but also being mentally present and emotionally present and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's, that's where my, a lot of my issues come from is, is, the insecurity of like, I know that I'm a good dad, but still part of me like being like, mm, but am I like great? Right. So mm -hmm. that's always like a, a thing I'm always trying to do, uh, you know, when it comes to Brooke. What about you, Josh? No, hard days are hard days are tough, especially when you or your partner don't have it. Mm. Right. When both of y'all, both of y'all had a long day. Asher texted me like, it's been a long day. Get these kids to be like. I've been in meetings from nine <laughs> to five with one 30 minute break to eat and I don't have it. And she'd be like, Oh, what are we going to do? But like, I don't know. Get to put the pizza in the oven and send them on their way. Send them upstairs. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Be the, that'd be the thing. It'd just be tough. Or to, to Jacqueline's point, they both come home with issues last week. Um, Josh, I picked him up from band practice. His band teacher was like, he's doing great in band, but he's distracting all the other kids. Cause he finishes his stuff first. 
and he blah blah, blah he won't and he won't stop. And then I get a phone call from Jaden. Jaden has a friend who is a he's a big kid, but he's a soft kid. Mm-hmm. And Jaden fought the other kid on his friend's behalf. I was like, you ain't gonna pick on my friend. I said, so I had to balance like you're a great friend. <laughs> let's start there. Let's yeah. let's start there. You're a great friend, but we don't fight it. This ain't uh, it. We don't we, we don't step into it. I said you had you had to let him get beat up. I'm sorry, but we gotta because now you're in trouble. Now you're, you're in trouble, and you're taking all these consequences. But you're a great friend. I was like, and I'm and I'm trying to like explain how that's going to come in hand as you get older. Maybe not yeah. with physical violence, but definitely being a ride <laughs> or die. Um, definitely being there for your having that love for your loyalty, homie, yeah, that loyalty that's there. Like you're not going to pick on my friend. Type wow. Jaden is a, a, a the little kid with a lot of bark and a lot of and the bite to back it up. Like you ain't going. It's it's going to take a lot to to to, to take him out. Um, so those are the days, and then it's like, but you know, but did I get, did I be quick? Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Right? Am I did, did I explain that to him? So it was another thing. I think when Josh and Jaden had somebody send something about them, and I gave Ashley was like giving them very practical stuff. I was telling them next time they say something, tell them, but that's why your mama fat. Like I'm giving. I said no, I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't have did. But like I be, but I also want to equip them with tools to stand up for themselves too. Yes. Um, so it's like that balance of am I getting it right? Did I do this right? And then when the days when it's just hard for me, um, there have been days where I tell my kids up front, it's been a really long day. Mm-hmm. No harm, no foul. But daddy just I'm gonna cook dinner, but daddy just wants to sit here on his TV and chill. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think they've gotten to a place where they kind of respect like I can't, it's very rare. I can't do it often, but I'm able to do that. But then I do have guilt, be like. I did just send them away, but I like. I just need to. I need to watch a different world and just yeah. get lost in something that's familiar, yeah. because but it's that's been a tough day. The lessons of how to like take time for yourself and have proper self care and being able to explain how you're feeling and your emotions mm-hmm. and knowing when you need time to disengage and, and go away. So I don't think there's anything bad about it. I think we we parent, my, you know, we have parent guilt and we worry about things. And sometimes it's okay to just be like, I'm not able right now. You didn't like lock them outside. You know, you just say, hey, I'm not <laughs> able right now. I can't do it. And I love that you said, you know, you and your parent have, your wife, not your parents, excuse me, you have moments where you both are checking in like, you know, today I'm at 20% or whatever it is. And and I think that's mm-hmm. a big part of parenting and, and with your spouse is communicating it. And also knowing Okay, like I can, I know if my husband's worked for 13 hours because he works West Coast hours and East Coast hours some days, I can know, okay, I got to, I got to pick up for him today and he'll know, okay, well, yesterday she did pick up, drop off, bath and bed. Today I'm doing pick up, drop off and dinner, you know, so mm-hmm. knowing that, that some days are not going to be equal. They're not always going to be equal, especially to working parents and not have, giving each other grace is so important. They're rarely equal. I think that's the thing. Like they're very. That is this fifty percent that previous generations tried to give us. It's not real. Like even in my, 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 I had a working mom who still works today. It was never like she did most of the. My dad, my dad does laundry to this day, mm-hmm. right? And it was just they, they they figured out what worked for them, and yep. that's the you know that was their model. And I saw it with them, and I see with us. It's not it's not. There are days when Ashes will do ninety percent of the things domestically around the home. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just I'm I will be on this computer to seven eight o'clock just doing right. work and stuff. But then there are days where you know I will like in the midst of working from home I'm gonna go start laundry I'm gonna do this I'm gonna mm-hmm. do that I'm gonna try to do something because she's texting me about like the other day she said I just got kicked and bit by a first grader I was like oh okay it's one of them days <laughs> let me let me let me make sure let me make sure there's she can come home and she can change clothes and she can yeah 
she can pull her glass of Issa Rae's Viva Rae Prosecco and mm-hmm. <laughs> start doing her thing, right? And yeah. but it's but to that point, it's knowing those things and being in tune. So even when I'm tired, let me be a hundred percent of my sixty percent because she's yeah. only at ten. Yeah. Right. And or just having those conversations. I think last week and had Brian, I'll pass it back to you. Last yeah. week, she texted me something and I was like, babe, no harm, no foul. I'm in the middle of a three hour meeting that is not about to end. I don't have anything for anything. I said, yeah. so I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to be offensive. I don't have any. I don't have anything. I can't and make it. Like, right. <laughs> she was like, one quick question. What were you eating for dinner? I said the same thing we ate yesterday. Cause I looked at it, and it's enough for dinner. That's it. If the kids don't want it, mm-hmm. tell them to starve. That's it. I'm not <laughs> and, that, and, it, and that was it. And she came home. She we gave each other a greeting because I was still on the call when I got off. I acknowledged that we had a brief conversation. We just kind of all did our own separate things. Yeah. But that was the day. And for some, it may seem like a failure, but that was it was a win. That mm-hmm. like to Jackie's point, we all ate. We showered, yeah. we got in the bed, we didn't kill each other, there was no arguments. Yeah. It was just what it needed to be to survive that day. And then the next day we pick it up and we try it again. We figure out what it's gonna be. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like to kind of it there are hard days, but it, I think even like Brooklyn, and I think y'all kids might do something. They may it may be a tough day for everyone in the house, but they wake up the next day like, all right, what are we doing today? It's really no they don't care. They got a quarterback memory. Like long term. Oh, next play. Yeah, it's next. It's the next day, and it's really, and I think and we be having the guilt, but the kids be like, or sometimes Brooklyn will have a bad night, bad day. She'll go off on us, or whatever. Next morning she'll wake up. Hey, daddy, I'm sorry for last night. Mm-hmm. And that's just what we do. We apologize to each other. That's you it. know what I'm saying? But it's every day. It's like a brand new day, and we keep on pushing. So, um, and also shout out to partnership and parenting because, you know. Um, you know, that I don't understand. I don't know how people how people do that. My mom had four of us. I don't know how. More great. She's a superhero. I have one and I'd be like, um, you know, and I do a lot, I do a lot of the heavy lifting because I'm at home, right? Um, but but still I don't understand how people how people do by themselves. Single parents are superheroes. That's that's superheroes. Praying for y'all. Praying for y'all. Any last word before we uh, head out to Pockets of Joy? I just had a new Listen. My favorite Carolina girl. Shout out to all the single parents. I know they said mamas, but to the single dads out here doing their thing, shout out. Because they did all superheroes. I... When I'm out of town, I actually I make sure I'm calling. There have been yeah. times I've sent Ashley edible arrangements. So I've been like, I know, I I I raised I raised some kids with you. <laughs> I, I, I get it, I understand. So yeah, it's tough. Um, anything else you want to add, Brian, Jackie? Before we move, uh, Brian, think you were taking us to pockets of joy. Uh, shout out to our kids. Shout out to the kids. Shout out to the niggas. Shout out to the little niggas. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Alright, let's go to Pockets of Joy and talk about self-care real quick Let's do it You couldn't do it Couldn't do it uh, You could never ever bring me down Couldn't do it then Alright, Puzzle Pieces was a, a wonderful conversation uh, In the living room And now this is the place and space Where we provide uh, Some insight on what we're doing or planning on doing To intentionally bring us joy with mm-hmm. black folks and just people in general we need to experience joy but do it intentionally so Jacqueline 
what are you doing or planning on doing to bring you intentional joy? My friend has suggested to me recently finding time to do something joyful every day, even if it's something tiny. If it's something like calling, checking on a friend, taking a moment to read a chapter of a book, going to the gym, finding something daily that brings joy. And it can be hard some days. Yeah. Um, but when he explained it, I was like, man, that's great. He's like, how are you going to find some time for some joy today? And it doesn't have to be long, you know, go do something for an hour if you do something for 10 minutes. Um, so I'm trying to do that more intentionally to give myself some joy every day as mm-hmm. opposed to like scheduling it out and making this big plan event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh. Yeah. So for me, it has been, I've been rediscovering old music. Mm. Um, Brian and I talked about how, like I listen to old school stuff all the time anyway. But 2023 was a hard year for new music. It was just, nobody gave us anything really great. Um, so I've been deep into my, you know, I love me the Jodeci. But that My Heart Belongs to You off that debut album, it's the opening song too. And I tell you, it's already probably had 200 or some plus plays. When I tell you, KC gives me the best, he gives me, so, ooh, they don't sing like, like that, that to people anymore. no more and it's just, and seeing my kids like oh dad i want to hear this i want to and they'll like walk around the house um tell them, baby i'm back what are you begging to but i like but i love it Already parenting right there yes i love it i look like Jaden knows the opening line to andre 3000's um international players anthem you know i wrote a tech to like you uh, like he, he he knows it and like so the fact that it's there and like, but even the old gospel, like going back into yeah. those bags, just right. I've been rediscovering and reconnecting with that music that really um, reminds me of childhood, but also kind of like when I said, I watch Wayne Nick's Hale as an adult, listening to some of these songs as an adult hits differently. Yeah. Um, so, and it's been joyful. Like I just, I be, I get lost in them. I be in the gym. Like part of the reason I've been there so long, cause I be jigging during the sets. Like, cause I be like, this is my song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I ain't done yet. Hold on, wait. Um, but yeah, how about you, Brian? Uh, trying to find something to laugh at. I try to find something to laugh at every day. Mm-hmm. That just something to laugh and kiki at. That's like it's important to me. Um, yeah, I try to find something to laugh at every single day. I'll find mm-hmm. even it might be sometimes there's clips that I know that I can get a laugh out of, and I'll just go on YouTube. I know, I know I'm gonna it. laugh off of you know something silly. Uh, like Carl Lewis singing the national anthem, like nigga, I know I'm gonna laugh off of that. Like, just I'm gonna laugh. Or just uh, type in Kim Burrell's name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many things. God is using me right now, Brian. <laughs> or it's or just bad. Me. <laughs> Let the mask work for you. That's actually uh, a really good line. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Um, so that's pretty much it. Um, but uh, I guess that's pretty much that's pockets of joy. So it's pockets of joy. Uh, while we're you're still here, Jacqueline, we thank you and appreciate you for always showing up to the to the living room. Thank you so um, much for your kind. Being a friend on the podcast, a friend in real life. Mm-hmm. So before we head out, let the people know uh, if you have anything upcoming or how they can continue to stay engaged with you or, or follow you and all that kind of great stuff. Sure, you can find me on social. Um, rambling on about God knows what. Um, Instagram at snacks with Jack. Um, and also with Black History Month, we're doing, um, trying to kind of, trying out something new, the Rogers Read. So we're doing like a book every day for Black History Month. So if you're looking for some books to read with your kids, you can check us out on Instagram and TikTok at the Rogers Read and get some great book recommendations for uh, Black History Month to share with your kids. 
Um, and that, that's how you can find me. Yeah, and, and you still have birthday paper and wrapping paper and stuff like that that's available. Oh, yeah, and then I have a company right? called Green Top Gifts. <laughs> <laughs> you can shop that at greentopgifts.com and follow us on all social platforms at Green Top Gifts. Yes, that, that thing, that thing, I forgot about that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and thank y'all for having me. I love talking with you guys. It's always a candid, honest conversation and a lot of good laughs. So I love hanging out with y'all. Ooh, lift every voice and sing. We love it too. <laughs> All right, man. You ready to go to listen letter? <laughs> uh, let's do it, man. All right. Oh, yes. Wait a minute, Mr. Bozeman. Wait, wait, hey, 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 Mr. Bozeman. All right, good people. We are at the P.O. Box. And Rodney Jenkins did what he always does is bring us our letter on time. But before we get into it and read it, Want to let you know how you too can be a part of the show, and that's by writing in to ask the jigsaw that is ask the jigsaw at gmail.com. We will do a few things. If you like your letter, we're going to read it out loud. Um, then we're going to give you a pseudonym because we respect your pronouns and your privacy. And then, last but not least, we're going to give you the best non professional therapeutic mm-hmm. advice that you can receive on Cicely Tyson's internet. God rest her soul. Mm-hmm. With that being said, understood and accepted. Brian, yes, who do we have and what do they want? Uh, pronouns, he, him. Mm. Okay. Black History Month. Okay, Black History Month. Gotta be strong. Gotta be strong. Gotta be strong. Uh, let's go with a character. Let's call mm-hmm. him James Evans. James Evans. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I get straight to it? I hate. Uh, well, so I'm going to go back. The intro was What up, Josh and Brian? Uh, can I get straight to it? I hate Valentine's Day, but I'm currently engaged to a woman who loves it. She decorates her house and all. My God. Before you ask, I am not the guy who says, I love you all year round. So why don't you feel forced one day? Why do I have to feel forced one day a year? I am the guy, however, who does not like the pressure of going all out because a made up holiday told me to. My fiance and I do a great job of dating and loving on each other and share special moments throughout the year. So Valentine's Day just rubs me the wrong way. She keeps asking what my plans are. And highest of keys, I do not have any. Okay. Should I should I make a mad dash and set some reservations, or should I do something for her but keep it low key, like my mind is telling me? Appreciate y'all and love this show, James Evans. I'll jump in because I resonate with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I don't like Valentine's Day. Me either. And I mean, it's part of the same reason. People say, Josh, are you bitter? Nope. I for since I was about fifth, fourteen, fifteen, when I could really date for real, for real, I've had a Valentine. And the years that I was single, um, I would hang out with one of my um, woman friends and we would, you know, go to dinner. I've been to a movie like it was I did something right just to kind of and part of it was just culturally like, hey, I want to be at the house. I can go. Right. Yeah. So having a Valentine or being out around Valentine's Day was never a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I, that wasn't a thing I do. And to me, it's different from Christmas because people say, well, what about the commercialization? If you feel forced, I don't feel forced by nobody. No gifts on Christmas. Mm-hmm. I enjoy Christmas. The yeah. root of Christmas for me is really the birth of Jesus Christ. And yeah. we gave him gifts and in return, it's just one of the ways that we celebrate. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day for me is not rooted in, there is, there is no spiritual nothing. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, Cupid and whatever, whatever, whatever. So there's no deeper meaning that could connect me back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in the years where I didn't have a like a partner, uh, but if I took a friend out, we would just show love on each other and go to dinner and just be, you know, and that'll be that on that. Um, so I've always kind of, I don't know, to me, it does feel, I feel what you're saying. And it's hard to describe it without sounding like the bitter man who just hates it. 
mm-hmm. um, because it does feel forced. I do love you. Every, and here's the thing. We have anniversaries and special days, so it's not like I don't go all out on special days because I do do that. But again, those days are important to us, right? Yeah. This is yeah. our anniversary when we first got married or our first date or our first whatever. Um, so Valentine's Day doesn't hold a special place because somebody told me to do it. Yeah. Um, so because of all of that, I don't really... And then it's like, especially in Atlanta, you got to make reservations almost a month or two in advance mm-hmm. and... You know, all the roses are gone and, you know, blase, yeah. blase, blase. And you ain't got to buy those type of things, right? So mm-hmm. I have a wife who's not like, she ain't going to kill me if we don't go hard. Mm-hmm. But I think she still appreciates something for Valentine's yeah. Day. So, so what I've done in the past is like, it's one of those things in relationships where you compromise. Like, I don't go, I'm not finna go like, we finna go to Paris on Valentine's Day. I'm not finna probably do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there have been times, because I know how to be romantic, again, because I do this with my wife. So there have been times I've had rose petals in the house leading up to the bed. Like, I've done all the the things. The things you've seen in movies, Asher has experienced at some point before. Right? (laughs) And I do it because she wants it. So part of it is, like, less about me hating it. And and, and I don't do it begrudgingly. I don't do it like, here you go, girl. Like, I do it because she enjoys it. And if if it's my partner, I really love you, I'm going to do it. But she also knows how I feel about it. So there are years we've been chill. She's like, we ain't got to do nothing. We can chill. Or we just go to dinner. Um, we just make it a date night. And because now we have kids and Valentine's Day, sometimes in the middle of the week, we went to Jim and Nick's on Valentine's Day. When mm-hmm. I tell you that whole restaurant was full of families mm-hmm. with children, right? Yeah. Because we all yeah. was in the same place. We couldn't go out. So it's, it's, to me, it's a little bit about give and take. And um, I think my biggest piece of advice to you was, um, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do, whether to go big or go small. I would say do something because it sounded like you was going to do something anyway. So just do, yeah. keep that in mind. Do something. My biggest piece of advice is though, was like, don't begrudgingly go into it every year. I would say maybe find the compromise, but also have a very pointed conversation with her, not rooted in hate, but really outlining the ways in which, you know, you can, it's not really your thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe she'll even come, you know, bring it in a little bit. And then Valentine's Day could be something that you both enjoy in your own special way and yep. not in a commercialized, forced kind of whatever, whatever, whatever. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep it short. Uh, I do 100 percent agree with you. Same thing. I really don't care for Valentine's Day. I know my wife is gonna want something. She wants me to ask her to be my her Valentine, all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm gonna do the things. I already got the gifts and stuff like that. So we're we're gonna be fine. Uh, so it is what it is. It is kind of one of them things. I don't know. What you do what you got to do. Uh, I have a, I got some really nice gifts. Uh, she will be fine. She'll be uh, loved and supported and all that kind of great stuff. I love support. What 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 did Dilla say? Saved, supported, and safeguarded. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're gonna feel. All right. Um, great conversation. I think yep. we know we got some stuff to talk about. Yes. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Girl, let me talk. Let me talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to greater conversation where Josh and I get some things off of our chest. It's the point where we say it every week. You know, tomorrow's not promised. Cuss the folks out today. I'm gonna go first because I feel like you have a lot to get off your chest. Mine's gonna be real quick. Okay. Um, mine is, is Tyrese. Um, oh. <laughs> he started Black History Month off saying he wishes he was a Latino. We are gonna have to eventually. I feel like this is the time to put him in the attic. Because he yeah. keeps popping up. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, he blames it on like mental challenges and stuff like that, which we we definitely, you know, we are mental health advocates and all that kind of stuff. But you should be saying stuff, Tyree. Like, some things don't need to go to the, to the social medias. Talk about, you know, black people, we don't stick together. And I hate the narrative that black people don't stick together because all my friends are black. And that sounds like racist, but 
all my friends are black. It's not racist. And because the white people are black, all my friends, all my <laughs> friends are black. We stick together. We support each other. We look out for one another. So I don't. What are these communities that y'all talk about that y'all be like, oh, black people, we don't stick together. I know plenty of folks who literally, like, you, you have a black um shirt on, right? It's it's a black owned company. We literally support black business intentionally, right? You're in a in a we are both in a black fraternity. You went to a black school. Lauren went to a black school. Ashley went to a black school. Like we married black women. So what are these 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 communities of black people that aren't sticking together, right? I I'm sure it like other communities don't stick together too. Like nigga, like they're Latino gang members. They kill each other too. Like it's like stop with this whole narrative of black people not sticking together. We buy black. We do. We bank black. Like stop Tyrese. Yeah, white people kill each other. White people steal from each other. Right, like these stop. white these white collar crimes be white executives stealing from white CEOs. Like, <laughs> like stop, like stop it. Like let's let's put that in the attic this year. The whole black people don't support each other. We're the only community that does X Y Z. It's it's no, not true. They do it to each other. The only the only credit <laughs> I will give the white community, and it's a terrible thing, is that when they have to choose between them and us, they gonna always they will always choose them. Oh yeah. Oh there yeah. Have there have been documented circumstances because and, and but this is why it's rooted in systemic racism, and you can't mm-hmm. just have it out there like that. Black people have been stripped of power and privilege for so long. Power, privilege, and piety, right? So when it is an opportunity, let's go back to the house nigga and the slave niggas and all this mm-hmm. other, all this other these dynamics. When they had a choice to get out, there were some black folk who made the choice. You know, I'm gonna do what's best for me. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that meant at the expense of, but that's because there was the pressure from these mm-hmm. systemic issues, right? If you don't do this, I'm gonna kill you. If you don't do this, I'm gonna hang you. If you don't do this, I'm gonna lynch your wife. Like you be put in that situation, and what you think yeah. you're gonna do, right? Yeah. For a minute, like that. Those are hard situations, and, the, and some of that stuff is passed down generationally. To where? Let's go back to insecure for a second. When yeah. they went to Molly and said, "Tell old girl to pipe down." To calm mm-hmm. that, and she, you know, and she finally told her. Well, no, she told her up front, like, "Hey, you may want to blah 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 blah." Uh, mm-hmm. I was hired this way, blah blah blah. When they told her, okay. Molly was like, "Molly was like, okay." And then they went to Molly. Molly was like, "No, how about you tell her?" Because I don't mm-hmm. even know. And then when they finally, their old girl was looking at Molly mm-hmm. like he was crazy. and was like, "I tried to tell you, right?" But it was at the expense of. And this one of the things some people would have saw that as she trying to make her be less black. I don't want you to be no. less black, but in this environment, you have to tone it down. But here's the other thing. I see, the, I see the two sides of that. I shouldn't have to be any less me to survive and do the work. But at yeah. the same time, if, if I'm hearing that from a colleague, it's like, okay, bet. Maybe I should rethink it. So there's, there are plenty of examples we probably could give about this. And Tyrese is just, Tyrese be all over the place. All over. For no apparent reason. And I just really wish, um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Tyrese, Tyrese, Tyrese. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So your turn, your turn. Black television shows. Mm-hmm. Not only did they cancel rap stuff, mm-hmm. they canceled uh, a few shows. The Wonder Years, which was a really great, was a really great remake with a black cast. Um, we've also seen some other shows in the past that just haven't come back. Lovecraft Country, you mm-hmm. get them for one or two seasons and they don't come back, and. I think for a while we were seeing the resurgence of all these black television shows, mm-hmm. all this black culture in our face. And then all of a sudden, you know, we give them two to three seasons and they're gone. And it's like, and what is Black Lady Sketch Show is another one. They're not coming back. Mm. Um, at what point do we really value black art and entertainment for what it really is? Yeah. Right. And at what point do we not give it the chance to be? Because 
when I used to go watch rap stuff, it would pop up on my page because I already watched it. But for many people, it wasn't on their front page of HBO, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't mm-hmm. getting that love like clicked it like on Netflix. Regardless of what it is, if it's new and current, Netflix is gonna have it on the new and current like that. Even if it's yeah. not trending, it's gonna it's gonna be in one of them spots because it's new. It's gonna be on the only on Netflix. It's gonna be in a few places, right? Yeah. Uh, and not giving Netflix no extra credit like they save it or anything. It's just I see the difference. So I guess my frustration is that like like rap stuff. Mm-hmm. People were saying, well, it didn't appeal to a larger order because it was very black. It was very disappearing. Like Insecure was too, though. Yeah. Insecure was about four black women navigating a big city, but the stuff they was going through, especially culturally, was deeply black. Yeah. Deeply black. And black I'm trying show. to figure out, right, what was the difference between the Insecure? Like the, and I get it. Rap stuff was a little bit even more nuanced. But mm-hmm. it's enough of us who enjoy rap culture, even if enough of us who enjoy the city girl. The city girls are still relevant, right? Because mm-hmm. it is very loosely based on them. Yeah. Right. And it was the story was developing, the characters were developing. It was so we, good. It was good. We didn't get a chance to like that was the end of season two left out with so many cliffhangers. Yeah. Like it didn't and I and that's how I know Issa wasn't about to end it because there was so much left untied. Like yeah. she yeah. don't do that. Mm-hmm. She's proven that she doesn't do that. Right, so she got two new shows that's supposed to be coming to HBO. One of which she's going to star in again, and I'm just I don't know. Black Lady Sketch Show, like I watched it to support. I'm not a sketch comedy has always been kind of sketch for me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah same. Mad TV, I think was probably one of my favorite because mm-hmm. they were just silly. Um, but in Living Color, Mad TV, Saturday Night Live, even all that as a kid, like I watched it for the culture. I watched it because that was what was on. Um, but like. Sketch comedy has always kind of been like some stuff is fun, don't get me wrong, but I'm not the hugest fan of it. So the same thing with Black Lady Sketch Show. I supported it and watched it because I wanted to support black women, I wanted to support black folk doing great stuff. That Chick Angel got on there, I wanted to support her. Um mm. and it was cool. Like, I had some laughable moments, but it wasn't like my show, but I definitely watched every single episode that came out. Mm. But I do know people who like sketch, but sketch comedy has its place, right? Yep. Sketch comedy is a thing, and for all intents and purposes, Black Lady Sketch Show came with some heavy hitters. Um, yep. And for a lot of people, they enjoyed it. So again, time and time and time, it is the silencing, it is the erasure of black comedy, of black art, of black joy. And I'm really mm-hmm. sick of it, right? But then you want us in your films, like you want us to define cultures. You don't give us time and space to really impact upon bar culture in these yep. massive ways. And I don't want to be the guy to say, well, we keeping power, we keeping this. But it is something to think about that like, and maybe it's a network thing though, right? I enjoy power and the power mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. It is something to consider that all the shows that project what we would consider negative images per se, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. super negative in- images of black life and black realities are thriving and thriving in those that are not as negative, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you could argue where the rap stuff was negative, they was in their scheme and then all kind of stuff. But some of those things do not live on to their greatest level of potential. I won't yep. get deep into that bad, but it is a point to call out. Yep. Um, and I just wish that black creators and black artists um, got their chance to thrive and to do their things in the long term Mm-hmm. Like some so many other white shows that aren't yep. even half as good get to do. Mm-mm, that segues all. me right into my next point about half as good. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about this Taylor now. Now, yeah. I'm gonna pick it back up where I left it. Taylor Swift is Taylor Taylor, I will give Taylor Swift credit as a lyricist in terms of her pen. Mm-hmm. She writes for what I understand is most of her music, or at least co-writes on it. Yeah. I'm not I believe Taylor Swift has a talent, right? Because even if you're not the best singer performer, 
Like you, you have to bring something to the table. We saw that with mm-hmm. Britney Spears. Britney Spears was one of the best singers. She was an okay yeah. dancer, but she had this appeal, right? And I, and I, I, we always say this about Aaliyah, but I really wonder if Britney Spears' path was different. What would the white megastar be? Because Britney Spears was massive. I it mean, was. Yeah. massive. And even yeah. when she was going through her stuff, and she had a residency, sell. I mean, massive yeah. still. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to take away from Taylor Swift, but I really think Taylor Swift. Honestly, I think her greatest superpower has been a white woman mm-hmm. and playing into the innocence and the, the perfection that society sees white women to be. Taylor yep. Swift has ever been a 34 years old mm-hmm. and still presents as an 18, 19 year old innocent little girl. Yes. Right. So there's this protection. By, and, and I think it started with Kanye West. Mm-hmm. I really he, think it started with he, Kanye West. Yeah. When he's jumped on stage, it was like we have to defend this innocent, beautiful, perfect white woman at all costs. Yep. And I feel like her career has played into that victim victimization. Mm-hmm. Ever since that moment, because yeah. again, to say that Taylor Swift has bad songs, whatever, you can agree or disagree. Her music ain't necessarily for me, right? Right, but I can't say that I haven't listened. Well, I have an intention to listen to any Taylor Swift song. Let me start there. Agreed. But I can't say. Shout out to uh, Most Def. I can say I ain't been in Target <laughs> and ain't heard a Taylor Swift song and recognize what it was. Like, okay, this ain't terrible, right? Mm. Um, but to say that the reason why. Because I saw Chris repost somebody who was, and I, I was finna go on the original post and mm-hmm. dig into that, mm-hmm. dig into them comment section, but I decided to not do that. Someone say, it ain't a black and white thing. Y'all got to understand Taylor Swift's pen game. Her pen game is a beast. Like, I'm going to go back to that. Like, she's not writing prolific music. She's mm-hmm. writing songs that resonate with the masses. Like, yeah. that takes a certain skill, but yep. that doesn't mean that you're a lyricist. That doesn't mean that you're, like, creating good art. It just means that you know what resonates on top of the massive fan base because here's yeah. the other piece, Brian. Mm-hmm. When your fan base is that big, though, you could literally rewrite the ABCs mm-hmm. and they're going to go crazy, yeah, right? Because so Taylor's really at a point now where it's not even about her writing songs that go to the masses, it's mm-hmm. about her just continuing to feed into the machine that exists and yep. follow this formula that's already there. So yep. when we talk about Beyonce versus Taylor, it's like Jay-Z's point, the math don't math. There's no way this woman can have 23 mm-hmm. Grammys, right? Is mm-hmm. it 23 or is it 32? I feel like those Ooh. numbers are correct. Uh, Beyonce? Yeah. I think it's like 30-something. 30 30, maybe 32, because I feel like it's the three and the two. Um, Beyonce Grammys. I'm going to get it right. How many 32. Did she have? 32. I, mean, I, I knew it was a two and a three. So 32 Grammys. There's no way in the world this woman has 32 Grammys, and none of them were for album of the year. For specifically Lemonade and Renaissance. Those two offerings. Now, four is my favorite body of work, but I can see why maybe. But to me, four is such a diverse body of work mm-hmm. that it to me has Grammy of the Year, I mean, award, album of the year quality. And that's yeah, taking yeah. my bias out of it. From party to school and life, it's balance on there, bro. It's, it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a complete, like, diverse body. And she's vocally on, on the album. Anyway. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. Number you telling me Celine Dion ain't got four albums of the years, but Taylor Swift and her limited career span mm-hmm. has has happened to get four, four. And you're telling me that's not the machine. You're telling right. me that's not that. You telling me nothing about that plays into her being a white woman. Mm-hmm. Are you are, are, like that's, there's no way that you can do that, right? Yep. Um, Adele, we can argue like Adele said. Beyonce, but everybody wasn't too mad at Adele because Adele had a, a great album that year. Adele was Adele. Right, and Adele is Adele, right? But at the same time, you've had people speak out before, and 
Uh, and this is not me being a Beyonce like Stan, but Beyonce is a is an incredible artist, yep. right? And right now she is a an example of what mm-hmm. it means to literally work twice as hard, four times mm-hmm. as hard, and mm-hmm. still not be honored and recognized for their hard work. Um, yep. So everybody who's saying it ain't a race thing, ain't got nothing to do with race thing. Yes, it, it every. I don't think Taylor Swift is is like the. I don't think we need to make her the poster child of white privilege, but right. she's definitely leaning into it. And that mm-hmm. is one of the main reasons, if not the the primary reason, why she has four, Beyonce has none, and she's revered as the type of person she's revered. So that was a nice version of that. I agree, hundred percent. So if that concludes, it this is another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Shout out to my cousin yeah. Jackie for coming all in the and blessing the mic. Always. We love you. Uh, appreciate you for doing the things. Uh, and we love y'all, listening audience. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. We love it. Negro appreciation. Uh, continue to follow, subscribe, like, share, all the good things. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about the show, act the jigsaw at gmail.com. DM us. Uh, shout out to Chris. Shout out to Jazz. Uh, if you see something on there, uh, interact with it. We want to make sure that we can see and hear all your love and your support. Um, I think that's it. Missed. Follow Josh. I'm Josh Rogers. Me at I am Brian Hare, the Jigsaw Podcast, and uh, we appreciate you. All right. Well, let's take it home. All you, I was, I was finna go deal with, but I think I'm gonna say that for the last Thursday. Okay. Uh, all you can do is what you can, <laughs> while you can, in various ways you can. But all you're doing, please don't get college work undone. Talk to y'all later. All right. Peace.